Levi. Greetings and salutations, listeners of Nehru's Wisdom. We are back here with the whole gang. Gang, say hi. Hi. I'm back from the dead. <laughs> That's funny, because I'm back from the dead. Oh, uh, yeah. We've been away that for- as well. <laughs> we, should probably, we should probably update on that. Yeah, I, we've been away. Your own calamity. It's, um, you fought your own Ganon. It's it's completely my fault. I had COVID, and so I was not well for a little bit. But now we're back, swinging. I may have lost a leg, a kidney, and my parental custodial uh, custodial rights to see uh, Dylan. But mm-hmm. otherwise, I'm doing pretty good, and I'm ready to talk about Zelda. Ooh, I'm so excited! <sighs> Last time, right? Yeah, it's been mm-hmm. it's been it feels weird. The fact minute. that the fact that the software we use. Is like completely different too. It has a different it, interface. It, it, it's a completely it, different program now. It feels like we, it feels like we've been away for so much longer than we actually have. <laughs> we were away for like was, six months instead of two weeks. I was yeah, the last literally. one to log on, and it just says "turn on your camera," and this is where I realized that there was a problem. <laughs> I sat in I sat in that shrine of resurrection for a little bit too long. Exactly. So last time we went, we left, we talked about Krog Forest, Master Sword, Child of Sword. And now we're back for Champion's Ballad and the Memories. And we're going to start with the Champion's Ballad. Um, does anyone have anything to say before like I start doing like the... At least somewhat of like the narrative part. It's not going to be too long. Um, I just want to say that I finished it uh, a couple hours ago. (laughs) One hour ago. Well, an hour ago for this podcast. Uh, Yeah, there's a lot. (laughs) And I really enjoyed it. I finished it well over two or three months ago. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) We have a lot of different experiences coming into this. Mm -hmm. We do. Anyway, so basically... I'm going to get a running This is Dark Souls counter. Oh, God. Oh my god. Just to make sure that I don't say it. <laughs> so basically the Champions Ballad was the second DLC installment for Breath of the Wild. You when it first came out, you were able to buy them separately, but now you can't, and it, it just makes sense to have them both for twenty dollars. I think they were cheaper too. I think when they first came out it was like seven ninety nine. But um honestly, twenty bucks for Trial of the Sword and It's well worth it. Yeah. Champions Ballad's it's well worth twenty bucks. Anyway, so basically, what happens is once you once you've purchased the DLC, you play your game. And then once you be in the Four Divine Beast, you get it's not even like the invocation of the muse; it's the muse invoking you. And Zelda reaches <laughs> Zelda reaches out to Link, and she tells him to go to the Shrine of Resurrection. And then once you get there, uh, you'll notice something different. Um, there's a Korok seed playing in your bath water. If you didn't, uh, if you didn't already <laughs> get there that, there is. Yeah. God damn! I don't check. I don't look around enough. <laughs> and in, in addition to that, you can go up to the pedestal. Well, I mean, that's what Zelda tells you: put the shrine or put the Sheikah slate back in the pedestal at the shrine of resurrection. And then once you do, you get a little cutscene and like pops up this like weird looking fork prong thing the and... ugliest the ugliest weapon in the game but the coolest 
I mean, it's super cool. I know they were trying to think it looked cool, but uh-uh. I liked, I liked the ugliness, but we can talk about that in a second because I haven't even introduced it yet. Yeah. And then the Sheikah Slate tells you, you know, maybe whether by voice or Link reads it, take hold of the provided weapon to begin the trial. And then as you gr- like as you're about to grab it, you hear like another voice and it's the character we get introduced as Maz Koshia. And he's like addresses the one who wishes to control a divine beast. So you're like, hold up a second. We're about to get our own divine beast. Divine beast? Divine Tell me beast. More, I'm in. Da Vinci Da Vinci, da Vinci? Da Vinci Beast. <laughs> and then and then you grab this weapon. And you get the like little intro that you get anytime you get something new. And it's called the one hit obliterator. Then all of a sudden, like how you how your life force was drained to wield a master sword, the same thing happens again. But it's like all your heart's draining, and it gets like the music is in, more increasing, and Link is like stumbling a little as like the, the essence of his being is being sucked into this weapon until he's left with only a quarter of a heart. And you're like that left me so shocked when I yeah. saw that. I was like, oh, um, damn. <laughs> I was like, what am I, what did I get myself into? But the cool, like, monkey's paw of the one-hit obliterator is it kills everything in one hit, but you also die in one hit. It's a very eye-for-eye style of weapon. And I think it's really interesting, uh, like, before we get into, like, the rest of it, just sort of the function of the one hit obliterator like it seems like it's its power is drained it's like based on life so it's like it uses life to power up to take life and you know after two hits it needs to recharge for a few seconds and it's like every time you kill something like the power of the life of the of the life force it previously had it gets released and then it takes what's next that's that's how i always interpret it i thought it was really cool that was like this you know, eye for an eye, like give and take sort of like perfectly imbalanced kind of thing. And it really kind of made me appreciate not so much like the one hit obliterator as a tool, but sort of what it meant. If you guys get what I'm saying. No, I, I feel you. It, it, it kind of does the, the same thing as taking away your weapons and stuff does yeah. in the trials which I mentioned in a disembodied voice last episode, like a month ago. <laughs> um, no, I feel I feel like it, what one of the best things a game can do is to take your your understanding of the game and flip it by changing a mechanic. That is, this is true. Because like by when... this point, by this point, you're you're basically a god. Like you you're you're take you can take so many hits, especially and like when... it becomes part of your fighting style. And also, too, we have to think of the context of when it released. You Most people, when they first got it, they probably had it already beaten Ganon. Yeah. So it's a good way, it's a good way to yeah, I bring, you, bring you back to Earth a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, I expressly had beaten the Trials of the Sword to have the full splendor of the Master Sword to do this. And then oh, they did this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm here for it. Cool. It is, it is really cool, and then basically after that you get you you get marked to four points, and then this starts the beginning of the 
champions ballot and essentially what you have to do is um there's four like places the sheikah slate tells you to go once you go there there's a bunch of enemies you have to fight and then you get a sh another shrine that pops up as a trial you know part of the champions ballot which is to control divine beast so this is monk mazkoshia's trials for you and then when you do these four shrines on the great plateau you get uh regular spirit orbs so you can get a heart container and well, i mean you can really only get a heart container because like you can't get you can't get an extra stamina wheel so if you if you're like a full stamina kind of person yeah that's that's really what's what it's only going to increase because either you have full stamina and you get an extra heart either you have full hearts and you get like a little more stamina but you can't like exceed your stamina limit and it's it's kind of I mean, in the grand scheme of the game, like there's, you can have up to 30 hearts and then like little stamina or full stamina and 28 hearts. Just adding the one extra just seems like a little weird. Like yeah. they should have just, they should have just added like two. So another way to get just another heart so then you could have 30 hearts and full stamina. Just, just the one is having, it's like, 20. it's like, it's like OCD nightmare. Oh, yeah. Like just having, having one that's not, having them not be equal. Yeah, just having 20, 28 hearts is just a little bit, just a little bit weird. But it's anyway, unsettling. Yeah, it needs to be but, either twenty five or thirty. I can't, <laughs> can't, you can't give me twenty eight and think I'm going to be okay with it. Basically, more or less. And once you go to each of these shrines, um, you'll you'll run into Cass, and that he was, and he'll tell you that you know he's playing music, he's going in. And he'll tell you that he was perusing his teacher's old notes and he found some unfinished song about the about the champions of a hundred years ago. So he came here to explore. And as I was redoing my notes and you know, playthrough and like uh refamiliarizing myself, the champions ballad, I just kept thinking, I was like, How the fuck did Cass get on the Great Plateau? And like I don't mean that like literally, I I understand that he can fly. He's a bird. Yeah, but I don't He's a bird with hair. Well, Call I know back that, to episode six. Actually, I don't think Whatever. he does have hair. He's the only one that had like a normal that looked like a normal bird. It's because it's because he's the prettiest Rito because he's a parrot and everyone else is like a bird of prey and has like really awkward and he's just like this Johnny Bravo shaped <laughs> Johnny Bravo parrot. build. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> but I I mean more like I just don't get other than plot he mechanics. Climbed. Like why? Like why is he? Like why is like the why he's there? Gray plat yeah. Like 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 how? Like how did he go from find perusing his teacher's old notes to being like, I need to be on the gray plateau. The plot and told almost, him to go there. It, I mean, aside from the plot, if I'm looking at it, almost feels like the notes. The notes said, "Go to the gray plateau. The protagonist will be there. <laughs> the hero will be there. Imagine the hero will be there." And it made me you have feel... to wait till he he gets the four devices. Cass is like writing this down in his little notepad. Like, he's like, uh huh. So... Uh -huh. He's, like, he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? He's got like a little moleskin notebook. Yes. No, but it, it made me think of Cass as more of like um a happy mass salesman kind of character. From or if you if you haven't Majora's played Majora's Mask, the yeah. happy salesman is this character but he's also he has like deity you know kind of godlike 
timing, presence, and like movement. And it's just it's like omnipresent. Yeah, and it's so weird that Cass is just always where you need to be. Whether he he knows more than he's letting on, and he's passively kind of guiding you, or I didn't even think of it that way. You know, he's he's he you know, is he's, feign, that, he's so. feigning ignorance, but and he's like, oh, you just happen to be here rather than you know, in a similar way, how yeah. Rome Rome and Zelda watch your journey. You know, he's because he's he's at the he's at the stables. He's at the shrines. Then, when when you finish the this the beginning part, you'll hear Monk Mags Koshia speak to you again. And then all of a sudden, the the one hit obliterator starts glowing. Then it, it breaks, and there's four orbs. You know, each one representing the color of the respective divine beast and the champion, and they just sail off into Hyrule. And then, like three little, you know, four different little uh, like shrine thingies pop up. And he's, and you know, he's at each, every one of those. And, it, and it's just, it made me more suspicious of Cass. Like, how much does he really know? Like, how much is he truly letting on? And now I'm curious as to if he's going to have a bigger role in Breath of the Wild 2. Because initially, the reason why they said they were making Breath of the Wild 2, they said, we just had too many ideas for DLC. And Champion's Ballad is, like... The other actual actor in the Champions Ballad that's not a dead champion or a non-corporeal Zelda locked away fighting Ganon is Cass. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really interested as to what his role is going to be in the, in the sequel. And so then after this, you can go to any of the four, four champions and what pops up is like this tri-prong. This is this also made me like kind of this is like weird to me too. This like tri-prong like a platform with three little pillars similar to the ones around like Hyrule Castle where the guardians pop out, they kind of like similar okay. shape pop up and each one has a map of a place you need to go and you have to learn about each of the champions and the trials they did in order for you to pilot a divine beast. And this was another weird thing for me to notice too. And I wrote down, I was like, it's so weird that Breath of the Wild, like Zelda 1, Zelda 1 works in like eights. Like there's eight dungeons. There's eight things you need, eight pieces of the Triforce. And Breath of the Wild is like, has worked in fours. You know, you need four spirit orbs to get a heart. You need four divine beasts. And it's so weird to go from the four that's been established to threes. And so I was wondering, I was like, is this is this tri triforce related? And I try to sort of yeah. match it up, which which like the style of the trials that you have to do. But then there's something that happens at the end that's like made me reconsider. But I was thinking, um, I was thinking we start we the order we should do it is Mifa, Rebosa, Daruk, and Rivali. All right. All right. So so we go to Zora's domain. Doody doody do. And Cass is there, and again he does the same shit. He's like. Oh, what a coincidence that you're here. Oh, I fast traveled here too. <laughs> and Dylan, you did you did the, the main notes on Mifa, right? Yeah. Take it away. Yeah, so you do the um I forget what he says. I should have taken notes on what he sings. 
All right, that's it. Fired. We're replacing with Chelsea. <laughs> uh, just wait. When we get to the cutscenes, I got a lot to say. Um, yeah, I took more notes on the cutscenes. Um, but I took I mean, a lot I of notes on the uh, the what you call them, the the actual shrines here. Oh, that's good. I didn't really. It's funny because the shrines weren't super big focus for me. Anyway, I'm not. Just that's why going. I took the, sh- the I talk, notes. I, I talked too much. Go. Um. Yeah. So you. you you do the the little so, so Mifa's actually the first one I did as well. Um, you do the. I think that's way. Hold on, I know I just said I talked too much, but I think that's <laughs> funny. I think I felt so bad because I was like, "Damn!" Like did the game, you know, like especially if you do all the all the casts. I should have mentioned this like in um sometime in a previous episode, but if you do all the all the shrine quests for casts, and he tells you about a song, and then he said how his uh. His teacher, who was a Sheikah like court poet for high of the royal court of Hyrule or whatever, mm. he said that he, you know, he was all in love with the princess Zelda, but the princess only only ever had eyes for her appointed knight. And I think the dialogue is like, and that was you, Link. <gasps> and I was just, you know, I don't like, remember that. Did you do all the all the quests, all the cast quests? Yes. Yeah. This he tells he tells you this when you're back in Rito Village. Huh. Yeah, check that out. It's it's pretty good. And so I'm like, I was like, damn, like Link and Zelda are like literally a thing. I've seen the I've seen the memories, and I'm like, you know what? Let me just start with Mifa out of respect for, for you <laughs> oh know, not God. only her dying, out but the way, the way the way the way I did her dirty. <laughs> anyway, that's just a little side. Sorry, little I keep drinking story. milk tea, and I I feel like I'm gonna swallow one of these tapioca balls <laughs> like an Advil liquid gel. <laughs> And just like pass Man. out on this fucking podcast. Christ. Just as long die as you finish, live on camera. As long as you finish your section, then we'll be pretty good. Alright, so, yeah, okay. So the uh, there's Champion Mifa's song is the quest. Um, You find that nice pedestal where he's waiting at Jabu Ridge. Obviously a reference to Jabu Jabu, which is a game True. I have not played. <laughs> um, but, uh... I also like that these little pedestals are close to the divine beast. It kind of gives, it kind of gives the the whole. Uh, I don't know. It kind of adds this theme of like sacred spaces at like heights and stuff. That's very prevalent yeah. in Japanese culture. I don't. I don't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Ange. Was it you or was it Wendy? Who was like, they noticed how. The the position of the pedestal, when you look at it, it like it. The in the frame is the divine beast. Yeah, like, it's positioned yeah. so you when you're walking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. it it adds a sort of uh, like a sacredness to the space. It adds a, it adds to the location, like how how we mentioned. I forget which episode. Like an authenticity. Like this is yeah. how it would have actually been. Yeah, yeah, or how it might have been for for the champions. You know, and, and, you, and it's almost. You're also looking up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, 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 for sure. Yeah, like I, I, I think the, the spacing and the themes of this DLC are what matters. I don't What'd think you say, Wendy? The, the gameplay was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, oh no, yeah, I was just adding on to that. How like you know you're looking up, you know, at the divine beast. So kind of like what just uh, Dylan mentioned. Um, I mean, that's a that's really interesting. That's also in um. I think Dylan, you can help me. Uh, 
you know, like the chin thing with Zeus, like looking from below up. Oh yeah, the 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 location, the 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 direction of Zeus's head in yeah, especially the Homeric epics, is a very similar. important thing. And maybe it's a similar thing. Um, I was more so thinking along the lines of uh, sacred mountaintops and peak sanctuaries in Japanese culture. I mean, both, both is or both. Why both. not both? I mean, it is Western fantasy reimagined, so True. why not both? Um, but yeah, he gives you. I'm looking at what Cass said now. He sings the song. Mm-hmm. Find what light's path shows. Two, conquer the ancient foes. Three, chase rings of the waterfall. Champion the trials call. I like the little rhyming they do with these. Each one has it a little be bit, a bit of better. A could be better, but it's like, fun. I'm going to like email Nintendo of America and be like, let me be on your localization team because this, because this poetry is atrocious. This is <laughs> rough. Um, then, of course, the obelisk comes up and you have the the little map locations. I actually love these little map locations. Yes. Because it's they very easily could have just put waypoints. It's cool too, because they really made it where like they they were they rewarded good players. Mm-hmm. Some people could meet look at the map and see like the physical map and be like, oh, I know exactly where that is. Yeah. Yeah, no. Like you could have just been like, yep, cool. You're like, Go I recognize it. this shape. Like, like they really, they really rewarded. They really rewarded um, you for exploring the world. Yeah, they really rewarded the people who explored. Yeah. So, but it for me, I felt really gratified because I was like, yeah, I know where these things are. I know mm-hmm. exactly where that is. Um. So then, basically, there's this whole conversation you have to have with uh Sidon mentioning uh sending some Zora over to this place you head over oh, to yeah. The, yeah you head over to these islands over on the far uh east end of the map and I didn't even recognize these existed um one of them is they're all named after the Tingle and his brothers I think oh god really <laughs> yeah oh that so ruins them for me really yeah tingle's the only one oh. his, his brothers from wind waker remember he was he used his slave labors and forced his brothers to dress like him and, uh but yeah no anyways ignoring that horrible point um you find muzu there of course you do because i hate muzu and, and this was just a really good start to this dlc that i thought was okay at best (laughs) um (laughs) i'm gonna try and be positive though um so i was like okay muzu's here whatever fuck it uh you follow the morning light at a certain time and you you sit you literally just literally just jump off this cliff and ride off into the sunset or the sunrise pretty much uh and when you land the the shrine rises out of the water and of course, this is where I said, "Oh, great, more shrines." <laughs> um, there's a bunch of ice blocks in there. You break them down. I like this shrine. You get up somewhere. You you go you go up through, and you get the the 
the spirit orb or no it's it's a uh, varuda's emblem because you need mm-hmm. three to unlock the new one yep this the the spirit orbs are different i also want to say like lore, like a side of the lore the actual puzzles of the shrines they're better he's balloted they're so much better they're much they're much better they're much more enjoyable it's a, it's, it's a good it's i think it's that should be more indication for the quality of shrines that we'll see in the sequel than the yeah i think i think in terms of the sequel yeah because the one hit obliterator shrines and the great plateau were, were so great. good they were fine um of course i don't like the shrines very much they're kind of the weakest thing about this game for me Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would have liked to see dungeons, but that's mm-hmm. neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even a, re- a reimagining of the 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 divine beasts, whatever. I don't care. But the these at least had some kind of logical continuity between each location, so it felt good going between them. It wasn't just like yeah. okay, let me just go to the next one. Mm-hmm. It was like okay, I got to do the next thing, which in this case was. You head up to the north of Zora's domain, I think. I, I, I don't remember taking a lot of notes on this one. But you head up to the north of Zora's domain. And there's a little contingent... You have a little talk with a contingent of guards that are like, oh, there's some guardian skywatchers. Whatever. Go take them out. And then the thing pops up. Uh, what I want to know is this, is... this is supposed to be the trials that the champions did. Did Mifa so have to do me- this? Mifa, no, no, no. Me, or she Mifa did. did this. Yeah, like, what the fuck? Mifa took out this many guardians? That is, it's insane. That is crazy. Mm. Yeah, she but still Mifa's, died? Oof. Mifa's pretty badass. <laughs> People, you, nah. She's mild-mannered, but she should, she can kick some ass. <laughs> You've played Age of Calamity. You've seen that moveset. Yeah, she's she's got some good. She's not the uh, same Mifa there, but she, you seen that? <laughs> she she got it in her. She got some good string combos. She she got it in her. Um. Yeah, new shrine pops up. It's another boring cryonis shrine where you just move a ball. Um. <laughs> I'm talking a lot of shit, but like I I don't know I I at this point you're, of the game you're stalling. No, I'm not. At this point of the game, I was through. I was so sick of the the shrines, so I was like I was like really not down for this. Um, but I wanted the cutscenes and I wanted to know what happened at the end. Cutscenes are good. Uh, the this third one is the best one because it was the only time I took I put on the Zora armor after needing it to climb waterfalls. I think in I don't even know. Like I I use the Zora armor like twice in this game. Um, but yeah, you have a little race. Uh, jumping through a bunch of hoops as you climb up the waterfalls outside Zora's domain. It's pretty, pretty, pretty cool. freaking cool. Yeah, it, it's really, that was very enjoyable. And then you get to the secret stairway uh, shrine. Ooh. And this, this literally took me like a solid 30 minutes. And I was more so annoyed because I knew exactly what I needed to do. But I just had to get good and like aim it quick was how I had to do it. I don't know. There's probably a different way. There's probably mm-hmm. an easier way where you use like multiple cryonis or something. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, I had a rough time with this. Uh, but I did it. It was fine. 
then you get to the Divine Beast Challenge. Uh, which is, in this case, you kind of get sent into this dreamscape where you have to face Water Blight Ganon again. Only mm -hmm. this time you're using the tools and weapons that Mifa would have had at her disposal. Or at least she, roughly would have had. Didn't, she didn't have them. That's the thing. The champions never had their champion weapons. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um... But yeah, I'll so, talk about I'll talk about that part more. Yeah, talk about that part more. Um, but yeah, you get you get Mifa's roughly Mifa's set. Um, this was like I was like, oh, I'm just gonna fight the boss again. <laughs> but no. <laughs> um, once again, I think that this is a great, actually, a kind of great way to to reuse assets. As lazy mm -hmm. as it kind of was, I, I kind of wish they had put uh, a different move set for Water Blight Can or all the Blights rather. That would have been cool, yeah. I wish they had done something more than that, but the fact that they restrict your move set and make you think like like I said, I came fresh off the Trials of the Master Sword for this, so, so I was like, like, oh, I was 16. like, I'm a god. I got my, I got my, I got my stasis. I got my cryonis. I'm good. Let's do this. Like I felt, I felt good during this. Like I felt you like your I line of bows, your sixty power base power. Master no, no, sword. not even that. I had, I had the newfound confidence in my my runes, mm -hmm. and I was like, I, I was like, I got this. Like I know how to beat this guy. I beat it first try. We were, we were good. Um, but yeah, no, that I think it's cool that instead of remixing the move set which would have taken a lot of uh manpower on their end mm -hmm. they didn't just say go fight it again but rather said fight it again but do it different you can't just spam arrows like you did the first time when you were a bitch baby jesus um which is what i did the first time <laughs> i then remember complaining to luke that bows do no damage and luke said get good shut up <laughs> yeah, <he did. laughs> get good uh, yeah get good shut up uh but yeah no it's it's really it's really interesting that they they once again expand on this you're the weapon you're the you're the weapon collection now mm -hmm. idea that they do in the trials um i still think the trials are the final boss of this game but <laughs> uh it was cool that i had done the trials and was able to use what i'd learned in a new context in the game that i had done the trials in instead of having to start a master mode game right away yeah for sure uh it's really cool uh you meet with cass he comes up with a song for uh the champion mifa and you get the uh the you get the cutscene here yeah yeah let me reiterate you get basically the the uh, Cass's teacher's late teacher's notes. He was working on a song about the champions, and he's missing some verses about each of the champions. So, in addition to whatever his hidden agenda is, being your passive guide and companion throughout this, he is also trying to study each of the champions and create a verse that fits them. <laughs> Dylan, what? He's creating a verse for each of the champions that would yeah. that would fit them and to try to understand them and sort of channel their experience. 
and then you yeah. get you get the cutscene, the, the the champion cutscene, the Mifa's Grace cutscene, mm-hmm. or Mifa's something. What it's a Mifa and Sidon. Yeah, it's Mifa and Sidon, but I don't remember what the name of it was. What the hell? That's what it's called, Mifa and Sidon. Oh no! Oh, it is okay. Yeah. Um. Tell us about it. Things that I noticed. Tell us about. Tell us what happened. Walk us through the memory. Um. This is Walk usually us through the thing, memory, but. <laughs> what happens is Zelda is approaching uh, Mifa, asking her to pilot the Divine Beast Varuta. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mifa is... Alright, forget it. I'm going to tell you what happened. <laughs> Well, Basically, you, you, you've watched this fifty times. <laughs> I took notes Zelda, on it. I didn't. I didn't take a transcript. Zelda's going around asking each of the in the cutscenes, asking each of the champions to pilot their respected divine beast. And when she gets to Zora's domain, she has to speak to Mifa, who is swimming with a cute baby Sidon, who has a whistle around his neck, you know, in case he maybe gets lost or something. But well, he's uh, in the bottom. He's underneath. <laughs> yeah, he's just he's at the bottom of the waterfall. He's vibing, and um, uh, you know, Mifa like does her thing where she comes up, she's talking to Zelda, and then she she does the cool thing where she like goes up the waterfall with Sidon, and they come up and land, and you know, Zelda asks her, pops Zelda pops the question, and then Mifa says something along the lines of, you know, like one day I'm I'm gonna have to leave him, and it's this really like cute, sad, emotional, touching scene. Yeah, with, uh, sibling, sibling, familial love between, uh, or that Mifa has for Sidon because at this point Sidon is so young, it's not, it's not really reciprocated yet. Not that Sidon doesn't love Mifa as a little baby, but you know it almost feels foreshadowy that like Mifa like kind of knows, and it, yeah. it definitely like reflects her character because that's exactly what I said in my notes. She she's um she foreshadows her own death. Yeah, and Mifa even before foreshadowing her own death had always been a, like you know what can we like what can we do like do we even can we even take on calamity again? So it's very cute, very very heartwarming, and then Link comes back to reality, and then this is where Wendy ruined the Whoa. champion's palette for me. Please, what was it? What did I say? Wendy, tell him. No, you tell him. What? 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 Me? What did I say? So you basically what, what happened, what Wendy did was, she's like, yo, it's crazy how Cass is going in, and then it hit oh. me, I'm like, holy fuck. Because <laughs> Cass is somewhere else, Cass is like by the pedestal when he first starts, and when you come to, Cass is next to you, and he's going in on the fucking oh, accordion. Yeah. He's, he's going what? crazy. Like he's, he's just swaying, like playing his accordion. You know what I'm like feeling he's going the in. music. He's, he's and the eyes closed. Link is in the background out here having PTSD over these memories. That's what, yeah, he's Link like, is oh. having these like PTSD like memory like memories that are so visceral. Like I mean, this memory isn't even his memory. It, it has right. to be projected from like Varuta because you know the the champions had not just a physical connection to the divine beast. It you know it's more than that. The fact that the divine beast can even house their spirits even after they die. Like there's definitely a more than just a physical, mental, you know, emotional and metaphysical connection between them. So there's Link a is viewing connection. You, I mean, something because Link is viewing someone else's memory, and he's while he's having this crazy experience, 
Cass, Cassie Cass is just open. jamming. No, he's not just jamming. This is what happens because Link is Link starts it and Cass is in there. Cass looks over from the pedestal and he's like, he's like, he's like welcome with back, eyes- Skitter. He's definitely <laughs> depressed. <laughs> welcome back, <laughs> loser. You done having your moment? Sees Link's. What'd you think of my Link song? With his eyes closed, like shaking, like having this visceral moment. He's like, hmm. This would be a good place to play some music. And then he does this because he's not even like facing Link. He's like facing, he's like looking at the Divine Beast going in. He's like, oh, welcome back. I sense that you're, you know, even more, your spirit I sense is even you've more had fortified. A, a traumatic ex- episode. Like, thanks. Let me use that for my next song. Any other closing thoughts, Dylan? Yes. Uh, for all you, I don't even know what the Mifa Link, uh, Link, Mifa Link. That's a terrible ship name. Mifa Mifa asks, uh, who the Hylian champion is, and Zelda's like, uh, it's Link, and she's like, oh, I'm it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, but she's like, she's like really distraught at it. Um. I don't know. Yeah. I feel, I feel like because there's so little in terms of cutscenes and stories, uh, or in story in that traditional sense, in this game, they do such a good job of packing those cutscenes with so much stuff. Cutscene, uh, especially cutscene the Champions Ballads cutscene. You know, you can you can you can disagree about the voice acting, but the cutscenes themselves are very good. Are very well written. Um. But yeah, no. So I, I, I really noticed that uh, that her, her she has this very distraught reaction. Mm-hmm. I also noticed that she gives a very indirect answer. Um, Rivali, Daruk, and Urbosa are all, I mean, spoiler alerts, but we're going to get there. Their, their answers are all incredibly direct. Like, I will do X for you to stop Ganon. Mm-hmm. Mifa's mm-hmm. is... All right, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to face my fate with Varuda or some something along those lines. And that's very it's a very nuanced way to to have her character introduced. Yeah, it's a bit it's um, like a in the middle. Yeah, she's not an in your face kind of character. She's big she's big gray area character. Yeah. And and there's something like that later on in the main story that we'll get to that I want to bring up as well. I think mm-hmm. Mifa's a very interesting character for this. Uh, she could very easily be a stereotyped, I'm the good one that heals you. But she she takes that and, and kind of molds that to make a different character out of it. Um, also, this the is music true. is godlike um, in all of these, all, yeah. almost every cutscene. The sound design yeah, is they, they I'm going to say that over and over and theme. over today. Um, but they not only remix the champion's theme, they remix Sidon's theme. When she's sailing up the, the waterfall with Sidon on her back, you get mm-hmm. the Varuta fight scene, uh, the Varuta fight theme. And I thought that was really cool because it's kind of mm-hmm. foreshadowing like what Sidon's going to do later in life. It's cool. Um, it is true. So yeah, this cutscene's ve- the cutscenes are very dense, uh, which is why I was surprised that we were planning to get through all of them in one sitting. <laughs> <laughs> but we're we going to do it. All right, I've taken up enough time. Who's next? Oh, did you take any notes about Mifa's diary? 
Uh, I don't think so. All right, let me pull it up real quick and talk about it. No, I didn't. Basically, so basically, after you you do each champion's ballad, um, you get access to each champion's uh, diary, which is like in their respective kingdoms, and boy is Amifa's Mif link loaded. Yeah. Oof. So let me. Uh, what are some good? Okay. This I don't read the whole thing. The whole, really no, the whole thing is so long for each of them. But you can't do all of it. Let me read the first highlights. Ones. Five the first, minute the highlights. First, the first thing Spark in notes. Misa's diary is at the request of Hyrule's king, a group of outsiders came to greet us at the domain. One of them was a Hylian child of only about four years of age. His name was Link. He made quite a first impression. He was curious, full of energy, with a ready smile. Are all Hylian children that way? One thing that surely sets him apart is his swordsmanship, which I hear is exceptional. He has even bested adults. He must be somewhat reckless, however, as he was covered in bruises. Wishing to be helpful, I healed his wounds for him. Must have been the first time seeing healing magic as he looked at me with big round eyes. It was adorable. First things first, it's weird. The age gap between me and Link is like a weird separate thing. That it is weird. I could- I could talk about with the therapist and not it's, on the podcast. But Link is a, <laughs> a four-year-old who can best adults in swordsmanship. It's like Tiger Woods. Okay, yeah, I'm just gonna gloss over that. Link is a four-year-old. <laughs> no, you ever seen? No, okay, Link. no. I know he's like a terrible guy, but you ever seen that footage of him playing not golf against a four-year-old? <laughs> it's not even. It's not even that he's a terrible person. It's just like that. He, that doesn't even express it. Like you know, a sport versus like fucking killing people and this crazy skill that's link is a monster Ooh, and then the next one the next one is more or less the gist of like link luke link came to the visit the domain it had been forever luke came to visit the domain link (laughs) you slipped a luke in there no i stood i stumbled between link and came link came to the visit the domain Feels like forever since he was here at last. He no longer resembles the child I first met. He is now an accomplished knight and keeper of the sword that seals the darkness. I am so proud. However, he hardly speaks anymore and smiles even more rarely. He is still the kind soul I knew, but something has changed. I asked him if something had happened. Something was wrong. He merely shook his head. Perhaps it is his newly acquired height, but I feel he is ever looking past me into the distance beyond. And then the next one, she talks about. I feel this child has PTSD. She talks about how Zelda asks her to pilot the divine beast, and then the last thing she says, "There's also there's also that the divine beasts are meant to assist the chosen hero when he faces Ganon. In this way, I can help." Like, oh, and the next one is really good. I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna. <laughs> You're just gonna cover all the pages. But like, this is like it's so important to like the Mifa Link arc of the game, like. The meat is in this. The meat. So basically, Link came to visit uh, Mifa again. And this is the cutscene where Mifa heals Link. This is directly what happens before it. It had been ages since they last met. Uh, she told him that the Lionel of Ploymus Mountain had been terrorizing everyone. And as soon as she said that, he started walking towards the mountain without a word. Spellbound, she followed him. And when they were almost there, they started arguing. And he was like telling her, like, hey, go back. And, and she was like, no, 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 I'll be fine. And they stayed and they were arguing and they were so caught up. Like Link was so caught up in telling her to like go back. They were arguing with each other that the Lionel had snuck up on them. And he was like, oh, fuck. And then Link unsheathed the Master Sword and just like 
destroyed the shit out of this Lionel. And then uh, she says how she was fascinated by the beauty of his movements. And then this is what this is what she said. I could not help but feel safe in the presence of my dear friend. His kindness and determination to help those in need. His strength and skill. My heart is drawn to his. I am doomed. And then she talks about the spin attack, which is like, I, did, I don't know. It's like kind of out there. It's kind of out there. The last thing she writes about in her diary. I finally completed that special armor for Link. I am confident it will fit him perfectly. He's coming to the domain soon. I hope to give him my gift when I see him, but I should really go through with it. According to the old legend long ago, Zora Princess fell in love with the Hylian Swordsman. Perhaps there is hope. There will be a rare occasion that Link is not accompanying the princess. We should have some time to ourselves. Oh, I have an idea. At sunset... Oh, no, this is the cutscene before the memory. At sunset, I shall ride upon Runa with Link. Zora Princess of the past, please lend me your courage. She was going to fucking propose to him. That is crazy. Yeah. Go yeah. read the diaries for yourself because we're not gonna be able to cover all of them. The diaries, yeah. I mean, they are packed with content. Yeah, honestly, yeah, we gotta we gotta do some cutting here because mm-hmm. we are at forty five minutes on the dot. Well, then shut up and, and let Ange and let Ange take Ange. on Mommy Urbosa next. Mommy, <laughs> Mommy, not like this. Did I stutter? That's what I thought. And? Ange Go. died. Fuck. <laughs> Ange? Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. I thought I, thought okay, I uh, unmuted myself, but I didn't. You <laughs> <laughs> fell asleep on a mic. No. Ange has been found dead in Miami. No. Ange has been found dead in Miami. No, okay, go, Miami. go. We don't have time. Dude, There's no time. Dylan, There's no time. Dylan, please. Okay. Damn, Dylan. She said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> So, um, I don't remember where the exact location of, like, the trifecta of pillars are in the Gerudo region. Mm-hmm. But basically, same thing, um, like in Zoro's Domain. Uh, you go to the location where the three uh, pillars are located. Cass is there, once again, with his accordion. Um, he will sing a song, and it says, um... Yes. Don't worry, you don't have to give it the song. Just, you know, like... Yeah, so like, fight the brood of the sand, chase rings upon the land, throw the orb underground, blah, 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 blah. Right? So... <laughs> Follow the rings on sand. Watch out and catch these hands. <laughs> oh, God. We're not, do- we're, not do- we're not doing this on the podcast. We're not. Um, so basically, um, the first shrine location is near the East Barrens, and you're going to go there. And you're gonna fight a Maldu King, right? So now Malduga. It's a Maldu King. <laughs> they're um, like, hmm, how do we reinvent the bosses? <laughs> exactly. And they're like, they're like, create a new enemy. Um, bring back a fan favorite. Make a Maldugo bigger. Right. Make it like, bigger with genius. more health. Bigger with genius. more health, even though they're going to undoubtedly be a lot stronger than the first time they fought it. Genius. And it's gonna be like just as easy. Um but basically, you just defeat it however which way you prefer. And uh, the shrine will appear in the ruins, and it's the Kiev Tala Shrine. And um, basically, you use magnesis on the iron blocks uh, in the water to like activate the electric mechanisms on the wall. Um, 
Yeah, that's basically it. The same way how Mifas were all about Cryonis, this one is pretty, like, these shrines are pretty heavily focused on the electric mechanisms that are in them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I didn't find this particular shrine to be very memorable. I found the tasks to get to the shrines more memorable than the actual shrines themselves. Um, what did you think about the tasks? Hmm? What did you think about the tasks? Um, like, specifically? I think... Like, we don't, we don't even have to talk about the shrines if you don't, like, I mean... I mean, you know, like, people, like, can't cover everything. Like, right. you should play it. Um, I think King, sure, whatever. Like I said, like, by the time that you fight the King, you're probably a lot more skilled than when you fought, like, the regular Moldugas. So they kind of it's cancel like out it's like, anyway. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I thought it was okay. Um, the next one is in the West Barrens, and this is, like the Gerudo version of the three rings that you had to do in Zoro's Domain. Or the, yeah. the blue rings that you had to go through. So you have to get a sand seal. Um, and then I got the sand seal first and then headed over to the West Barrens. I don't know if there are sand seals around the area where the rings start. Um, I'm not too sure. I don't remember either, but yeah, I did the same thing. Were... Like I was like I was like, let me uh, rent a Patricia and like zoom on out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Um so yeah, blue rings, you have to shield surf through them, and Lizolfos were will like come in your way here and there, but it's really not that big of a deal. I'm pretty sure you go through the like carcasses of the <laughs> ruins of the animals that are there. Um then you get the Takamashiri shrine. Um same thing, using Magnesis to move the metal items around. Um and that's is this the one that you watched me do that one time? Yes, the one with all the the blocks on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a good time. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, so yeah, in the last year, you need all of that ma- Magnesis blocks to light up. And so you kind of have to have all of them touching each other in some way. Um, but still leave enough space for you to climb on top of the block without getting electrocuted. So I don't know. That's the... This game, again, in another way, rewards your diligence. Mm-hmm. If you had the Thunder Helm, this will be easy. But it's not, like, easy in a bad way. Like, you feel like you like earned a baby. it. You're like, oh. Yeah, it's it's not, it's not like, easy where, like, the shrine is designed poorly. It's just the game is rewarding you for being diligent and getting the Thunder Helm. You're like, I don't need it. I don't need to work around it. I can go through it because I did all these things beforehand to let me have that. Mm-hmm. And that's a, it's a really nice touch. Yeah. And um, the last one is in... My favorite area of Gerudo, the Yiga Clan hideout. <laughs> oh my, this this one. Me up. So, you basically have to fly down to the area where that huge pit is, where what like two episodes ago we were debating whether or not like Ganon is like secretly like just chilling down there or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> we debated for like forty five minutes on that, but um, so you meet. Their names are Mills and Mina, and they're basically, like, outside of the Yiga Clan hideout, but they're, like, too scared, but the door is open, so, like, I don't know what they're doing, but they're, like, we're hunting for treasure, we're looking for, like, a sacred orb, and Link, obviously, being Link, is like, alright, shitters, I'm gonna just go do it myself, so, um, you basically go in the opposite way that you do the Yiga Clan hideout the first time. Um, so you go and you have to backtrack and then you have to like climb the ladder and go 
to that table where all of the mighty bananas are and the orb will be there and then you backtrack to where you were um and you just chuck the orb (laughs) into uh the bottom of the pit and then the kahiro mo shrine will come up and this one i don't really know how to explain the shrine really it's just there's a whole bunch of um balls with like different colors and you just have to play around with the ordering of them and then uh into like their little slots and then the door's gonna open and then you could go get your emblem like that's really all it is i didn't think these shrines were too memorable or crazy but it's whatever um so after this you can go back to vanaboris and redo the Thunderblight Ganon fight and I have what you so instead of having all of your items the link starts off with the full desert bow set upgraded twice I believe and then you have the scimitar of the seven the daybreaker shield and the edge of duality shield of the mind's eye a volt fruit and a zap shroom and a piece of raw meat and yeah i mean <laughs> you just redo the fight um this time you actually have herbosa's fury with you to actually do the fight which i didn't even realize but it actually makes the boss fight a lot easier um which i guess makes sense because in the regular game thunderblight is just notorious for being the hardest one but you get the best combat ability by defeating him so i guess it makes sense um (laughs) so after that um once again link is recovering from his like awful memories and Cass is just going in on his um (laughs) accordion (laughs) um and you get the or no you get the memory first i believe i keep forgetting which one uh, comes first um but herbosa well zelda and her are they like they're not like handmaidens i don't know who they are but uh whoever's like accompanying zelda they're uh where herbosa's like throne is i guess and like she very formally accepts zelda's plea for help and then it cuts to herbosa and zelda walking side by side outside of the walls of Gerudo Town, and they're very close. They're joking around, a very big contrast from them in, like, the meeting room, um, which you basically learn is because Urbosa and Zelda's mother were pretty good friends, which, you know... Gay. Gay. <laughs> Gay. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to that with the, with the diary entry. Gay. But, um... Yeah, basically Urbosa like notices two Yiga well Yiga clan members who are disguised as regular travelers and she just completely wipes the floor with them and like she sniffs them out (laughs) yeah she sniffs them out she like 
does like crazy. Look, I'm not combat. doing this. For, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this for everyone's cutscene. But let me just say, she is talking with Zelda. Puts her hand on the fucking crown jewel of the hilt of her blade. Doesn't even look back. Gives him barely even a side eye. Maybe like a forty five degree angle, just enough to know so they know that she sees them. But enough to be like, I'm not even gonna give you the respect of looking at you. And she's like, halt. And they're like, and she fucking fights them. And then this is they. She does the fucking shield parry. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, on, I was literally on the her, floor, uh, like sweating, gasping after this. And then she does her little, her little snap, and uh, the thunderclap. Yep. And I'm glad they brought that in Age of Calamity. <laughs> and Zelda's just standing there. Just like watching the it, whole thing go down. It, it cracked me up when, like, as soon as they were about to fight, Zelda took like a few steps back. Like, uh oh, hold on, let her both do her yep. thing. Do <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you do the same? <laughs> Are you kidding me? I'd be I like, know what's coming in the middle. I'd get in the middle and hope she steps on me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you can hit me too, Rebosa. Um, Just yeah. the hilt. Just oh, God. Me. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> no, that's not what I meant. I meant hit me with the hilt. <laughs> All right, anyway, i'm glad yeah. that double entendre's in there though keep going no and that's basically the memory um so ba- so through the memory right you learn more about urbosa's relationship with zelda which was facilitated through her relationship with zelda's mother which is uh <laughs> further <laughs> built on by urbosa's diary um I think I'm just going to read the first and the last paragraph from this. <laughs> is that my, my body is Reggie. All right. <clears throat> God, I can't. I can't even. I can't even read this without having like the huge smile on my face because I'm just like, Obrisa, please. Anyway, starts off by saying, "My dear friend from afar came to visit Gerudo Town today. It is always a pleasure to see the Queen of Hyrule. She described her reason for coming as urgent." She wished for me to meet her newborn child. Her sweet daughter's name is Zelda. She has her mother's smile. <laughs> I cannot help but cherish her already. I told her that Zelda is sure to grow up into a dignified and beautiful queen just like her mother. My friend thanked me, but said that looks are fleeting and instead wishes for Zelda to be blessed with true happiness. The way she gazes upon her daughter, her little bird, as she calls her, I have never seen such unconditional love. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Um, my my dear friend. All right, I'm no, sweating. we'll get there. So I'm sweating. It's in my eyes. Hold on. <laughs> I'll I'll read the oh last paragraph God. and then I'll talk about everything in the middle after. But basically, she go, ends go. the diary entry by saying, "I'm so happy to say that Zelda smiles much more often lately. It seems she and Link have finally learned to get along. I hope this will have a positive <laughs> effect on her training." However, I am cur- I am concerned we may be running out of time. Whenever I hear of monster attacks or other unusual events plaguing the kingdom, my concern grows. All I can do is pray that Zelda, my little bird, has enough time. I do not pray to the goddesses. Shh. I do not pray to the goddesses, but to her mother, my dearest friend, how I miss her. Oh, who the fuck is cutting <laughs> onions? My dear friend. I'm not crying, oh, you are. Uh, so... I think "dear friend" is a is a a euphemism at best. Yeah, like Bro, anytime, pals. like someone, yeah. any gal pals. It's like gal pals it's not even kiss. that. It's not even that. It's like 
The fact that Robosa oh, adopts like, the like, nickname. She calls out the little bird. Like, oh, you know, this is oh, this is my friend. <laughs> okay, my good friend. I her know daughter smiles funny. just yeah. like her. It's sunlight on a Saturday Nintendo, morning Nintendo. in my life. <laughs> Nintendo, grow a pair of labias and just don't fucking like <laughs> just beat around the bush happen. and just make this shit fucking canon. Just put it out there. God. Put it out there. Fuck. <laughs> Did, fuck you, Nintendo. Um, anyway, I want to also, <laughs> I want to say very quickly, uh, Mifa also calls Link her dear friend. Well, there you have it, folks. Yeah, but that's like, that's one, but, but, but that's the thing. That's the thing. We know the context there. We know, it. we know she actually meant dear friend. Confirmed. Um, <laughs> and in the middle of this, which we also um, see in Urbosa's like memory that we'll talk about like later on, um, Urbosa basically talks about trying to facilitate the seemingly tense relationship between. Zelda and Link. Bro, she's a shitter for this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and she says something. Um, yeah, she said, Today I accompanied Zelda as we went to research Naboris. When the sun set, the poor, exhausted girl drifted to sleep. I sent word to Link, who showed up at Naboris faster than I expected. So basically, <laughs> Urbosa is just like the cool aunt who just wants the the two kids to just desperately get together after all she's the like, oh, she's the cool aunt who wants her niece and nephew to fuck yeah thanks a lot Ange. Oh what, what kind of what kind of image are we painting for our audience i Jesus. obviously meant on a reference to zelda not to like but um yeah i mean i don't know other than how like incredibly gay i mean i did say i did is. say to you i did hmm? say to you i do like how she's just as fond of link as she is of zelda yeah it's not it's not as overt, but the love is definitely equal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not as explicit. Yeah, because we see with um like we know where all of Mifa's devotion is, right? And then I feel like Daruk is more of like a bromance. Daruk is the whole with, like Link. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Daruk is Daruk is Link's Urbosa in the way that like that's the closest connection we see he has mm-hmm. like in terms of the champions but also Daruk is more focused on Hyrule as a whole and the group as the whole he is yeah he's he the leader definitely he's the most I don't know the leader but he's definitely the most fatherly but like grandfather figure yeah I have to agree I get like uncle vibes from him but I know what you mean I, I think, think he's I the leader yeah, I spoke to Andrew about this last night. I was like, uh, Daruk definitely gives me, like, uncle, you know, sneaks you $10. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> kind of. And you try to give it back. And when, yeah. when he gives it back to you, there's, like, another 10 in there just because. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys have any thoughts on this before we move on? I thought it was pretty cool. I mean, Arbosa is my favorite of the champions not that that surprises anybody but you know <laughs> after that like there's this trust also um that she has with Lang. you know um we can see that with the memories um in the you know main game as well with the dlc yeah she has like a lot of trust in the bond that zelda and link have yeah 
Um, I mean, I she knows. She knows. She knows Zelda has the fattest crush on Link when she's like, "You, you take care. You take care of Hyrule, and I'll leave taking care of the princess to you or something." Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's and she even says shitter, in the bro. in the diary that, like, she hopes that Zelda and Link will be able to get over their differences, but that's only if Zelda allows it. So, like, she knows that yeah. most of the wall that's put up between the two of them is because of Zelda. Mm-hmm. Which just goes to show, like, how well she knows her. Yeah. I love it. I love that. I know so we're going to do Daruk next, but when mm-hmm. do let's do Rivali, because then when <gasps> I do Daruk last, I can segue into the other things I want to say. Sure. So, um, <clears throat> Rivali, we already know this guy, man. Full of pride. <laughs> um, um, but he's a Leo. So, you know what's funny though? Oh, f- huh? We don't we don't think of him as small, but compared to the other Rito, he's like he has a Napoleon complex. Oh, oh, for sure. Because it's because you know he's taller than Link, but Link's a highling. But like among the other birds, he's he's a small boy. Well, yeah, yeah he's a pretty tiny dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so what are the Rivali song? Um, you know, wait, sorry, hold on. <laughs> hold on i'm so sorry all right while we wait for wendy i'm gonna say the virgin Rivali and the chad cast oh, jesus think about that wait wait hold on the chad cast <laughs> inducing this child to have traumatic experiences <laughs> over and over knowing damn is well that, he's is doing that, is that kid having a seizure hmm, seems like a good place to play damn, some music dude, he just i just gotta let him ride the wave like damn, he fell down and he's like frothing at the mouth. Maybe frothing this, at the mouth, eyes rolling back that. in his head. Seems he's like a screaming, good place he's screaming in a language I don't understand. Okay, so I got my notes. I mistakenly clicked out of it. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, so you know, just like the previous three um, uh, champions, um, you come across Cass, who once again is you know going hard on his accordion. And you listen into his song, right? And he, well, I'm just going to briefly mention, um, he just goes, one, shoot the flame dragon's horn, two, race down a peak ring's adorn, and three, shoot four targets to win. And there's your hint, right? Um, so you look at the map and whatnot, and of course, if you're familiar with, uh, you know, the area, you'll be able to get there in one, two, three. But um, for me, even though I did wander around Hebra, <laughs> there were some areas that I struggled with. Um, but whatever, I managed to get to them. Um, so like the first one, you just shoot the horn. So you shoot uh, dragon dinrals, right? Horns. Um, and that'll give you the Shira Gomar shrine. Um the second one, you just snowboard through some hoops. I'm sure we're all going to see that. It's very common among all um, the songs here. And that will open up the Kaya Toza Shrine. And then, of course, you don't have to go in this order, but that's how I went. And the last one is the No Raji Shrine, which you have to shoot four targets, um, four consecutive targets at the flight range. And so um, these are all, obviously, you'll have to use a paraglider for most of these shrines, for all of these shrines, actually. Um, and I found them to be very simple. Um, again, I think uh, as my, you know, as uh, Ange and uh, Dylan have mentioned before, um, it's just to like, you know, honor and basically um, pay an homage to the main game and, you know, um, 
just i guess sort through <laughs> anyway um oh my god <laughs> oh boy y- y'all knew it was coming anyway <laughs> i really um, hoped it wouldn't keep talking, so, keep talking. After, <laughs> so after you're done um of course i'm not gonna spoil it i really want y'all to really experience this you know it's oh. a moment um but once you're done with this you um enter the illusory realm um which is when blight cannon um so for this one you're provided with a feathered edge sword three bows the falcon bow duplex bow the phrenic bow and you're given 100 arrows five bomb arrows as well as as well as three pieces of raw food i kind of forgot i think one of them was like a shroom and the other one's a berry um and then you're also provided with the snow clothes set um again with this one uh you just use the um the arrows however you however you want to fight you know um as well as your runes and whatnot so once you're done with that again you've completed the song and this is where it triggers you know the a memory of this is a rivali and zelda in which zelda comes to talk to rivali in order for him to uh, help aid link and drive the divine beast of ameto and at the end of this memory we see rivali struggling with uh his movements <laughs> and he's trying really hard to be able to maintain in the eye of the whirlwind and Zelda is just looking at him trying to practice and get it together and she just addresses that you know she wants him to be there to uh, help Link uh, defeat Calamity Ganon and when he finally achieves like his uh, whirlwind um and shoots all the targets he basically comes down and says see i i got this like why why even hesitate in asking me um and i'll help link or as he says that little knight with the darkness ceiling sword um <laughs> kind of pushing away <laughs> that you know no one's better than him um and by the way quick aside interruption mm-hmm. everyone follows sean chiplock on twitter that's um that's Rivoli's voice actor he did such a magnificent job in this game he Definitely. did. He also voices. He also voices. I, I actually Teba. love this cutscene. He also voices Teba in the Great Deku Tree. Give him a follow. Go join his Discord. Love that guy. Mm. So good. He's got a Discord. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So I go didn't check even it know out. that. Anyway, That's Wendy, awesome. you were saying. Oh yeah. So, uh, the memory ends here, um, and of course, I went to go read his diary. Of course, why not? Um, and <laughs> while reading it, I. I was like, wow, this this guy, like, you can't, you can't, you can't really say much other than he really, you know, holds his head high. Uh, you can't really tell him anything unless it's him not being able to shoot at a target uh, properly or being able to fly, um, fly around. But uh, I think one... One thing that stood out to me in the diary, I don't know, um, was the last bit where he says, perhaps that alleged ceiling power will show her some mercy and finally awaken this time regarding Zelda um, coming in to uh, talk about the champions and wanting them to drive these divine beasts. You know, we see that. Mm -hmm. Wait, actually, I might be getting ahead from one of the other memories. Can I? Should I? Man. Well, we see that in another memory that we'll be discussing later on. 
in which Zelda uh, find, is able to, uh, wants to protect Link from this guardian, and we see we see her power finally, right? Um, and I feel like this moment really foreshadows and kind of hints, well, not really hints, but really shows that in that specific memory how much she really wanted to save the champions and knowing that they they were you know going to die because of calamity ganon and like as i think luke mentioned before they didn't have their their weapons or anything um and just seeing that like it just makes it so much sadder (laughs) makes it really sad um you know uh thinking that and just reading reading that um so yeah that's all I really had for that. <laughs> I don't know how much more in depth you want me to go. I know we always like give Rivali so much shit for losing to Windblade because it's like, damn, dude, this is who really? killed you. This is the one that did it. Um, but like rewatching all of these cutscenes and everything, like I do have to remember that he doesn't have any of his weapons and that definitely contributes to the difficulty gotta, of taming the divine yeah. you gotta remember they don't have their weapons and link is an extremely special boy like yeah it, you know the other champion like Ibrusso can you know do the shield parry but she can't she can't go into bullet time like link can like link can actually do that and i think something with all the champions is that they recognize that link is you know, unique. Um, I know Rivali also mentions how he re- he really tried to budge him to talk and to at least show some emotion mm-hmm. uh, regarding his talents. And, you know, he says that annoyingly silent king, uh, knight <laughs> was as emotionless as usual. I can never tell what's on his mind. Likely nothing at all. Somehow I can't help but believe the stories about him beating adult knights in swordplay when he was only a child. Um, so it really puts a lot of emphasize, uh, emphasis sorry, on Link. Um, you know, he, he is a chosen hero. Uh, so just reading that and knowing that all these champions, you know, respect him. It's like they recognize that, you know, this kid <laughs> is meant to, you know, save eventually, you know, everything that everyone. So Yeah, Link and Zelda are definitely close in age. So Link is definitely around like the 16... 16- 17 you know maybe i don't even 18 might be a bit of a stretch but he's definitely like really i always thought he was older zelda. than zelda i don't I, know why i always thought it though hmm. i always thought he was older i don't know why like like how old like like 18 not well, even like then, that's an ridiculously adult. young even then, yeah even then still, yeah okay sure 18 is a legal adult but even then that's a child for the you know the burden of the task that is the hero I don't know why I always thought he might have been like a year younger. I don't know why. Maybe because he's short? No, I don't think that was the reason why. Hmm. Anyway, I just want to say about Rivali too. I really like this cutscene. I love this cutscene. It really made me like Rivali more. It made me um, empathize with Rivali because, you know, all, all he has is being the best. He has to be the best. And when you see like how much he puts himself into maybe what we see is the beginning of the creation of Rivali's Gale. You see just how much work he puts in. He, not only does he talk shit, but he, you know, that's, he that's all work. he has. That's all he has to his name. But he, he puts in the work too. He's, he's, you know, he's 
This is all he has. This is all he has going for him. He has to be the best. That's that's the only way he can be. And it definitely made me more empathetic to him. And it's like, all right, you can be a you can be you can be an asshole, buddy. But I know I know deep down there's there's um you know there's there's some softness and there's even real softness dedication. Shows, you know the 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 hundred years he spent is a long time, and even his dialogue that he tells you, you know that each of the champions say to you afterwards is a bit soft. You know he's a bit. It's, he's he's definitely still like he's an asshole, but in the way how you would be friends with someone and be like, oh yeah, I love Mike. He's, he's just asshole. like that. Yeah. So definitely I think this me, memory like, a lot more. Yeah, with this memory, I mean, we also see like like a very vulnerable side of Rivali that yeah. Zelda yeah. witnessed, and I think that was really nice uh, seeing that because <laughs> we, you know, we see like and we hear from him in the main game. It's kind of like, well, whatever. He's such a douche. Like. Just shut up and give me Rivali's Gale. Um, but watching this and kind of reading his diary, it's like, okay, I see it. You even got your own flight range. Um, and he was like, you know what? Maybe the kids can use it. Whatever. Get better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Rival- so. Rivali's, a, Rivali's a bad guy, but he's not a bad guy. No. He was shit on you, but he was like, whatever. I'm still yeah. better than you. <laughs> All right. Now let's move on to the best champion and the best sequence of the champion's ballad. So you go to Elden near somewhere near Valrodania. Same, you know, rinse, repeat. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like, you know, go through the whole motion, but Titan of Molten Stone, follow the rings of light alone, survive lava's fiery fate. So I'm going to go in order from like worst to best. Um, survive the lava's fiery fate is okay really you just really gotta like touch the ring you know you move the metal blocks you touch the ring for a few seconds and the shrine opens up you go in the shrine bada bing bada boom follow the rings of light this one's really nice because you have to go from the top of death mountain sort of fly your way down it may not be as exciting but it's definitely a good pace changer and you get a good view which i like you know not everything has to be like action 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 you know it's action let's change up the pacing recontextualize look at the view of hyrule kind of glide down and then this one which is you know labeled as the first is i think the best challenge of champions ballad the titan of molten stone on the opposite side of death mountain um is it i forget what lake it's called there is a giant igneo an igneo talus but an igneo talus titan who is absolutely massive that you have to fight and he's in the lava so you can't just run up on him you have to like you know use the updraft to fly shoot him with the ice arrow then maybe drop down and hit him and if you stay too long he'll drop you in the lava and that's it you have to you know you have to redo the fight i think this and was the only so time good. i died during like the challenges for the new oh, shrines i love i love this sometimes I this go back fight and was fight. very it's cool so, as well i agree this fight was extremely cool sometimes i go back and nice fight, fight. And it sucks Unless you're fast enough, you know, you can't get all the all the gems and uh, rubies and stuff that fall. You have to be quick. It's so it's so good. It's a I really love probably my favorite fight. And of the shrines, the blind spot shrine, that was my favorite one. And then afterwards, you know, you, you get all the all the Darunia sorry, I mean that's what Rudania was named after. You get all the Rudania emblems, and then you go into the illusory realm. And you fight um, Fireblight Ganon once again. It's just as easy as it was the first time. You know, it's not like 
it's not like the you know thunder and and water blight which those seem to be an elevated challenge this one remained more or less the same and you know that's it <laughs> then you get a really funny cutscene, and it's um it's called larger than life daruk and you know zelda's talking with daruk accompanied by two knights and you know he's like sure thing y'all probably the divine beast you know and his and his big like kind of low-fee wholesome wholesomeness <laughs> and, and then they see a bunch of you know they see okay you know we're biased but really what we see is nature taking course and a bunch of bokoblins are bokoblins are looking for dinner that dinner just so happens to be a Jesus dog Christ. but <laughs> Zelda and Daruk don't know that yet and they think someone's in trouble and then what proceeds to happen is Daruk causing a small genocide <laughs> against these Bokoblins which we watched in .25 times speed yeah. and boy was it brutal I'm gonna save you the horror because I don't want to get flagged and have this labeled as gory, <laughs> gruesome and explicit but these Bokoblins are utterly obliterated and they were just looking for a bite to eat, can't blame them and <laughs> You know, it's all about perspective. You know, the first thing they teach you in Anthropology 101 is you got to try to remove those implicit biases. I love Daruk, but even I can recognize some unnecessary roughness here. <laughs> That's an unnecessary anyway. roughness card. Hit him with the foul. Oof. Anyway. That's a red card right there. No, you see the Bokoblins flying off into space. They sparkle like Team Rocket blasting off again. And then it's revealed that the, that the person in trouble was, in fact, a Hyrule Retriever. I think that's – I'm pretty sure that's the – that's the that's the breed and it's called a hyrule retriever and it you know like it does like a cheerful little yap and then daruk gets scared and he does daruk's protection you know showing his goofy soft side to his really tough exterior both physically and you know like metaphorically and zelda's like huh daruk it's just a dog and he's like you know those you know sorry i got so scared but uh you know Dogs used to chase me when I was, you know, when he was I just a little bolder. I always get scared when I see one of them critters. Yeah, you know, it's cute. It's it's really cute. I and also love like, this cutscene. And she's like, I didn't know the great Daruk had a weakness. And then it's quiet for a little bit. And he's like, so, uh, princess, Calamity <laughs> Ganon's not a dog, right? It's not a giant and, dog know, monster, right? Yeah, and they just laugh it off. And it's really cute. And then Link comes back. Cass is, <laughs> Cass is going in again. You know, eyes closed, clenched. He's got the he's got the like you know the guitar face with the accordion face, and then that's that. You're can told I talk, to go back. Can I say one thing about that cutscene? Sure. Very quick. Mm-hmm. I I really love how this cutscene is a similar. It serves a similar function uh, as Ravali's cutscene mm-hmm. in that it takes this larger than life character. It's literally called Daruk Larger Than Life or something like that. It takes yeah, this larger-than-life character group. and it turns him into something human, but it does it in a very Daruk way as opposed to a very Rivali way, which is what Rivali's does. Yeah, it, it, um, the thing is like... And I love that, because, that juxtaposition between them. Because they don't have to make... They're making Rivali more likable... They don't from have a, to make Daruk more likable. From a from a dislikable sort of place, right? Where Daruk is already loved. So they're just like, here's some extra, here's here's even here's a more reason. Here's more to love Daruk. 
and he laughs at himself. I love that. Yeah, I love this cutscene. It's it's so it's full of charm and character. I want the rook to give me a hug. Even though you can hear Zelda's footsteps click clacking like she's walking in the middle of like a building. But it's <laughs> who cares, man? I love this cutscene. So then you're you're told to go back to the Shrine of Resurrection again, but before that, there's a lot of things that um I sort of noticed and you know, I'm not gonna go so far as to be a Zelda tuber and be like things I theorized on. But just things I thought about, like what what is the illusory realm? I know I know it says that the illusory realm is created from the depths of your memories and fears, but what exactly is it? And you know, it's just like Link's Awakening and just like even in real life. Yeah, dreams, is it is it a real dreams place? Are, dreams I mean it is a real place. If if something even the memories and dreams that we have in real life are a real place. They're just as much reality as the one we're currently that's living a, in. That's especially a hot if it's take though. Especially if it's powerful enough to impact you, it's real. You know, it, not everything has to be tangible, but in some way it is real. It's real to the person experiencing it, and that's all that matters. Exactly. You know, you have you have fear of the boogeyman, you have a sleep paralysis demon that is real <laughs> in some way to you. <laughs> we're not we're not no. But but before that, before I go, because you know, chronologically it's the trials first. I am so I was so singularly focused on the trials going from fours to three because while seemingly small, that is a really big change. And I was curious, I'm like, okay, if this is supposed to represent the Triforce. You know, what are the, the three aspects of the Triforce at least, which, you know, is a Zelda thing, like what parts would it be? Are taking on the larger, the, the really big monsters, is that a is that a show of like courage? Is that the courage one? Or is that the power one? Because you need to be powerful to take on these big demons. Or is, you know, when you stand in the fiery fate for, for Daruk, is that the powerful one? Because you, you literally need the power to overcome it, to stand in lava. Or is that the courage one? is is following the rings of light is that like a powerful thing or is that wisdom because you know where you need to go mm. so i was i was really balancing a lot of things and i i couldn't exactly settle but more or less i i did like you know taking on the big the big monster as like the courageous thing to do having the power to do like the endurance aspect and the rings of light one were the wisdom one because or you, you had to be crafty but it, what it are, doesn't really fit what are the monsters for Mifa and Rivali. Uh, for Mifa, it's the Guardians, and then oh, for Rivali, what is it, Wendy? What are the three trials? Um, shoot the Dinral's horns. Oh, the dragon horns. Dinral, Dinral is the monster. You don't necessarily have to defeat him, but you have to encounter. Right. Okay. So that's what I, that's what I mean. I couldn't exactly place them, but I I couldn't else figure out what you know what the symbolism or the importance of the three was because there's no there's no reason why they couldn't just make it four because that fits in line with the you know the, the fours of this of the breath of the wild i don't know man because like they had one trial that was the same throughout all of them and then the combat ish type trial were all things that we had like kind of encountered already just kind of beefed up a little bit so i don't maybe they've i don't know but where would you place it in my aspect of the triforce thing no no no. i mean like i don't know how viable 
Like, because we can sit that here and be like, is... be like, yeah, they could have just added one more, but I don't know. Maybe they were oh, true. struggling to come up with some, like, four equal things for everybody. I don't know. It is a bit weird, though, because, like, you need four spirit orbs to use any of them throughout the game. And these aren't spirit orbs, they're yeah. emblems, but they're, but they basically, they you obtain the them in the same way. Function the same, yeah. Um, That's right. I just thought it was, it was... I just thought it was weird. I also feel like the one hit obliterator part and then the other part that we're going to talk about after this maybe like makes up for it. Because um, mm-hmm. like you have like two other aspects. I mean, obviously the DLC was like split before, right? But now it's like one cohesive thing. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I guess know. I was just trying. You no, know, that was me trying to reason with the with the, with the number change at least. Because, you know, Nintendo does some dumb things and they also hit you with, like, these really weirdly specific references and moments and, and nuanced ways of thinking about things. So, it's, you know, you at the same time, you know, you can ignore things, but you should also look into everything. And, and another thing I want to talk about is the illusory realm created from the depths of your memories and fears. So it's... And when we think about what happened, we know the champions didn't actually have their weapons. But you have the champions' weapons when you go into the illusory realm. So we know these are not the champions' memories. But it could be a mix of the champions' memories and possibly, because this is Link's fear, Link's fear maybe not of dying to the Blights, but of not being able to have saved his friends. And And it's weird to see how that manifests itself. We see it. You know, the trial of the Master Sword takes place in a in a non-physical space. It's just as much mental as it is physical. Because Link disappears, but he's also honing his spirit, which is not a physical thing. And, it, and it's it's similar to this. And it's hard to sort... I guess the it's, it's like abstractness is hard for me to sort of understand it tangibly, but it's interesting to see... Because we know we know Link, the Divine Beast, and the Champions are all connected. Because when the Champions give their ability, there is now a part of them that lives in Link. And it's hard and it's hard to sort of pick like who's the depths of your memories and fears. Is this a mix of both Link, the Champions, and like the Divine Beast mixed, or is it this Link's solely just Link's regrets? And I think it's a really fun thing to sort of ponder because it it adds. It adds a lot of depth to the characters when you really think about whose fears, memories, and regrets these are. Yeah, you know, is this? Do you get? Do you get the champions' weapons because it's the part of when you get the each of the champions' abilities and they now live within you to a certain extent? Is is this the weapons? Their regrets of like, oh, if I had my weapons, I could have won. While at the same time, it's Link's fear of. I could have, could I have saved my friends? I could have saved my friends. You know, there's a there's a lot of pain layers to how you can <laughs> interpret it. Yeah, but ultimately, yeah, there's a lot of pain, and it's it adds some good depth to each of our characters, no matter what way you interpret it. Really, I mean, it's also and like so then, looking at. Sorry, it's also how like you're looking at. Um, you know, you you can use these abilities, right? The champions' abilities in each of the mm-hmm. um against Ganon, like whichever one you're fighting against. Um, yeah, and it's again, and like, you know, it's it, sad. 
this sad and you can also see that because you have the you can use the champion's abilities that it's just overcoming those regrets and fears and letting go yeah there's a lot of ways to look at it and then afterwards you go back to the shrine of resurrection and turns out the shrine of resurrection was actually just an elevator <laughs> and it takes you down and you see this it giant mechanical elevator. and you see this giant mechanical inside gut stomach and it's you're like holy fuck i've been in a divine beast the whole time which could explain why the shrine why the great plateau is elevated above seemingly artificially elevated above everywhere else in hyrule and since there's four champions and four divine beasts there are four parts of the um last divine beast that you have to do the shrine of resurrection uh does anyone want to talk about the puzzles only that they're the best divine beast yeah that yeah that's what i was gonna say this is the best that's really it there's a puzzles there's yeah, no reason gonna, to gonna... spoil them or anything, but this is the best one. It's this DLC is worth it for this dungeon alone, and the story. And so, the the dungeons are really good. They each kind of play with like a you know an aspect of the champion, of the champions, and maybe not necessarily the champions. You know, Mifa, Daruk, or Bosa and Rivali specifically, but at least their tribes and their sort of somewhat elemental attachment. You know, it's a wind puzzle, fire puzzle, water puzzle, yada, yada, yada. You know, electric puzzle, yada, yada, yada. And then once you do that, you know, there's four, like, locks to the door that unlock, and the door opens, and they reveals what you would see normally at the end of any other shrine, except it's a really open, windowed, kind of, like, weird window, because, like, where's the sun coming from? They're underground. It's this weird, it gives really gives you a lot of divine, you know, God rays kind of feel. And it's a much more noticeably bigger monk resting space. And if you remember from the beginning, it was the Maz Kushia who had been guiding you on this journey, you know, at least in the way where Cass wasn't, like the different aspects of the different guides, the different characters. And Monk Maz tells you, you know, you you've come this far, you know, you're a great hero. And then he says, in the name of the goddess Hylia. And then you notice a bit bit of dust in a little bit of movement. And you know, maybe it's eyes are just playing on you. And then all of a sudden you hear bones cracking. And the monk Maz is getting up. I offer this final trial. Then all of a sudden you get teleported to this floating platform above, way above Hyrule. Which may or may not be physically there, but it's there. Do you get what I'm saying? doesn't matter if you don't you get transported there and your last trial of the champion's ballad is almost a test from the goddess hylia herself this is as close as you can get to fighting the goddess hylia because the sheikah serve the goddess and you can tell in terms of at least the hierarchy of the different monks in the shrines this is definitely the top the cheat the top banana of the sheikah monks and you are going hand-to-hand combat with the monk Maz himself. And you think, ha, I have 10,000 years on my side. You are old, smelly, stinky. I am. I can best you. And it is um, probably this... In terms of like combat, it's probably the best boss fight in the game. It's 10 times better. 
than Thunder by Ganon. It is Trials of the Sword. Well, that's not a singular figure. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but I, I did think that. That's why I was like, I was going to say second best, but no. In terms of singular figures, in terms of this single is the best. fight, one-on-one, fight, and what and, which and is what it has fight, that, but... and what it has that the Ma- the Trial of the Master doesn't is Monk Maz. Koshia's theme is so fucking good. It's, it's very so solid. It's got a really good beat to it, a beatness to it. You know how you wanted to fight? You enjoyed fighting Master Koga. You enjoyed the silliness, the puzzle aspect, be like, also like, mm-hmm. man, I wish it was a little bit more intense. This is that. Yeah. This is that fight reimagined. Because remember, the Yiga clan are a, uh, you know, a, 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 a a seceded sect of the Sheikah gone rogue. And you can see where the ties come. He fights, he looks like a Sheikah, but he definitely has some Yiga tendencies. He has the the attack in which you see a bunch of red symbols and then he appears on top of you. And if you throw a banana, he will also get distracted and, you know, not slowly admire the banana in some like weird fetishized way that the, the Yiga clan do. He just grabs it. It's, it's so disgusting. He gobbles it up. So you only have about like three seconds. He gobbles it up and it's like reinvigorated and then it comes and fights you. Like comes immediately for you. And you have to fight. You have to fight clones. You know, he does double team. He has double team. Stop. It's, like, it's, almost, <laughs> it's almost like an anime Pokemon fight. Like it's, it's that good. Then it's a very solid phase, fight. His last phases, he's like, hmm, I guess, you know, the 12 of the twelve of me weren't doing too much. So let me do... Here's 24. He goes, he goes from 100 duck-sized Maskoshias to one horse-sized... <laughs> one horse-sized Maskoshia, and he becomes giant. And you have to fight his giant version, and it's just as good. It really invites you to uh, mix up your combat style, which I really like. Then at the end, and this feels more so like Maz Koshia than the goddess Hylia speaking through Maz Koshia. He goes, you truly have the courage. And that's where then I started thinking about the, the, the trials, the three trials you have to do for each champion. I'm like, okay, this is Link's journey. Link is the hero. He represents the courage part of the Triforce. Maybe the, the three is just symbolic of the Triforce and this whole thing is all about courage. Because that's, you know, that's what, that's what you need to overcome your fears is courage. So maybe this is just all, you know, the undertone of courage. And once you do, you get rewarded with the fifth divine beast. It's a fucking Yamaha SR500 unicorn motorcycle. <laughs> and I know you're probably thinking, you're probably thinking. A motorcycle? Yeah. A Ravali got a, a bird. A motorcycle <laughs> in a Zelda game? I can't even tell you. I use that thing all the time. It's so good for hunting guardians, for guardian parts. It's so good for exploring for Korok seeds. And it's just badass and fun to use. It seems like a weird... <laughs> it's a, it's really good because it's it, it subverts your expectations and you almost want to hate it because it doesn't seemingly fit. Then you use it and you're like, ah, this is nice. This is fun. <laughs> I and it's good. I got... and, it's good. and it's good how they how they give it to you at the end of the game because... It would have made you ridiculously overpowered, but it still gives you enough swift mobility to want to keep exploring. I think it helps you want to explore further. And after this, can I add what I was gonna say? <laughs> what? Can I add what I was gonna say? Um, what were you after gonna I got say? that that bike, 
Um, I told I told you I was like, let me go, let me go show this off to Hateno Village. I'm sure they haven't seen something like this before. And I went and just started uh-huh. doing donuts in front of my house. Um, oh, I mean, in front of I was Olsen. gonna say the first time <laughs> I have a Twitter, I have a Twitter video of this, and you know, maybe we can post it on the Instagram. The first time I beat the champions ballad, I go, you well, here's what happened. See, Wendy, you should let me finish. You walk out of the Shrine of Resurrection, and Cass is there, and he's like, hmm, like you know, good to see you again, buddy. And it's a nice, it's a nice, um, you know, circular metaphor of you're finishing, because you know, in in the narrative of the story, this happens before you fight Ganon, but in you know actuality, you may have beaten Ganon, and you're now finishing again where you once started at the Shrine of Resurrection, emerging at the viewpoint, which is like the opening, which is such a great focal point. And Cass is there this time. He's like, you know what, you seem more esteemed than I last saw you. And he and then this is where this is where I was really like, huh, Cass does know more than he's letting on. And he's like, you really seem more of a hero than before. And he goes, I finally finished that song. And let me tell it, you know, it is worthy to tell to someone as esteemed as you are. This is the champion's ballad. And again he starts playing and Link is looking at Hyrule Castle and he gets a memory which for me is hands down the best memory in this game. It is the coronation, or not the coronation, what? Because they're not becoming regents, but they're the cha- it's the, the knighting of the champions, more or less. It's the championing of the champions. In which um, King uh, Rome Bosphoramus Gaslight Hyrule is announcing... <laughs> Gaslight Rome... <laughs> is uh, announcing the, the champions and he's going on in his little spiel and Zelda Zelda made you know he talks about this this royal this royal blue is is the blue of uh, you know the sacred to the royal family for a long time and you know the first thing I thought it was like oh Nehru wisdom Triforce that part is blue so I was like oh that makes sense and it's and it's kind of cute and then you know who cares about that it cuts to Hyrule and they like you know, have these little like um, like dollar store fireworks that go like. I was about to say, cut. if you forget those goddamn fireworks, <laughs> honestly, if if I would have you know quote unquote forgotten them, it would have been it would have been intentionally for how bad they are. No, but it just I, it's just they are the best of, part of this cutscene. That it's is just the most Rome Bosphoramus high, high rule. That's what I was gonna say. It's just I've reflective of the incompetence. It's just reflective of the incompetency of King Rome Bosphoramus high rule. He is. He is and the worst. They're talking about, I... and then they're talking about the Sheikah slate, and Rivali grabs it like a fucking Hershey's chocolate bar. He's like, "So this is the Sheikah slate, huh?" <laughs> and then I think it's either Pura. Oh no, it's uh, Urbosa who's like, "I heard it can create true to life images." And Mifa fucking and Mifa goes, "I gotta get that." I mean, without missing a beat, she goes, "I would like to see it." And then she's like, hey, can we do something? She asked for a group picture, and it is so cute. And I was throwing up and crying the whole time. And what happens is Zelda is in the front. She's standing a little bit in front of Link. Link, for some reason, is now taller than her. (laughs) Scratch my head. I don't know what they were doing there. He's on tippy toes. Um, To the right or his left? Huh? (laughs) To the right. Which is Link's left is Mifa, who is 
noticeably distant because she is so fucking nervous that she's going to have a picture next to Link and she is visibly throwing up. Daruk is so big that he's not even in frame. His head is just out of frame. You need Herbosa's to kneel only... down. You're too Herbosa's... large. Herbosa is the only one that's like perfect. Zelda is not smiling and Rivali is distant, you know, parallel to, you know, that parallelism to Mifa, but only because he's an edgelord. And, you know, Pura, who's taking the picture, and she's like, Daruk, can you crouch down? You're as big as Death Mountain. Daruk crouches and he's, you know, smiling, his big grin. Uh, um, Rivali, scoot your tail on over close to the group, and Rivali's like, fine, gets a bit closer, and then she's like, and she's like, um, uh, was it like Zelda? Smile, you look so glum. And then Link turns to Zelda, and Zelda like looks away, and Mifa uses this moment. She takes a deep breath, and then she like. You know, her like fish feet slap against <laughs> the fish feet slapping the, on the stone, slapping on the cobblestone, and she gets a little bit closer <laughs> to Link. And then she stands in like almost like Catholic or like military school pose, like straight back. Yeah, her she arms is, are she by is her stock side. still. She is so nervous. She is so scared. <laughs> and Pura's like, Mifa, just breathe. And she's like, <sighs> hyperventilating deep breaths. And then Pura's like, all right, three, two, one. And she does the little check snap. And then Daruk. And the perfect uncle fashion grabs everyone and squishes them messes together. the order, but squishes them all together in a really endearing photo in which you have Zelda as the centerpiece, Link looking at Zelda, <laughs> Mifa just kind of like gawking, Rivali like looking like a bird that's I don't know like a startled Mifa, bird, Mifa Daruk is smiling, maybe. and Urbosa is like you know like sly like cheeky smiling down looking at Zelda and Link. And it is a very cute way to close it. After you get that memory, Cast does a little more like exposition of I know more than I know more than I should or that it appears I do. And he's like, hey, I was looking through my uh, teacher stuff and I found some things here. Um, this is for you. And he gives you the champion's picture. And it's really, it's really, um, you know, I don't want to sound like cheesy or like, a, but it's a really beautiful moment. I actually really liked it. It's a really good, you know, you don't need real life uh you don't need real life events to create like you know uh real real life emotions or feelings um i'm sorry i'm laughing at the idea of Cass going oh i see you just had another episode you want to know what'll really fuck you up <laughs> takes out the picture but i mean as the player it's kind of, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of exhausting that you you already played through the deaths and then you have to go through this regrets and fears thing and you're seeing it all again and like fuck like everyone's dead and then you get the picture and as as you know Cass is with his like you know he knows more than he knows kind of knowledge gives you the picture and you can go back to your house if you've done the uh Hateno home homeowner side quest and if you go upstairs it says a place and then you get a little text, which is like Link's inner monologue. Hmm, this looks like a good place for the picture. And then Link places the picture. It plays a cute little like jingle rendition of the the Divine Princess and the Five Champions, which is also the Champions Ballad. And Link, it's Link is staring at it for a minute. Then he nods his head in approval, and that's really the end of the Champions Ballad. And it's it's good. It's just all very good. No, it's not. There's one more memory. 
One memory. Well, not really a memory, but there's one more cutscene. What cutscene? The one where it, with the house. That's what I just literally just said. <laughs> Jesus, huh? I lit. Yeah. <laughs> and I need you. I need. I need someone else to come in. All right. Like, all right. I will I, say I something that I um, something that I love and also like hate about this whole like last scene that we get right. Mm-hmm. Um, is you know like found family is like a very popular trope that we get in TV shows and books and movies mm-hmm. and all forms of media that a lot of people just gravitate towards um and i've never i never really got that vibe from this specific group and i think it's so interesting and so painful because like if they had more time then they probably would have gotten to that point and that just makes me so sad yeah Mm -hmm. Because even the way that they're, like, awkwardly shuffling, like, around each other in the picture, like, they're not, like, 100% comfortable with each other, but, you know, if the champions, like, didn't go and die, then maybe we would have been able to, like, grow into something of, like, a found family, you know? Yes. Yeah. So now let's talk about the memories. I don't have a crazy (laughs) lot to say. Man, this is a marathon. Actually, I'm not going to, you know, re- retell them in excruciating detail. No. But we'll go in order. Memory one, Zelda's speech. This is um probably oh. after. <laughs> or some a little bit of time after the champion's ballad memory. And I'm just going to read Zelda's whole speech, the obvious part and the not obvious part. You can find it online. It's actually, I think I mentioned it at the beginning of our podcast, but it's good to reiterate again. There's a lot of good references to previous games so i mean basically it talks about zelda and link's relationship um you know zelda's like really disheartened you know doing the ceremony like blessing the hero on the sword and it's just really bad and like the champions are all like damn this shit's depressing you know kind of like just chit-chatting while it's happening but my favorite part is actually the speech and it's hero of hyrule chosen by the sword that seals the darkness You have shown unflinching bravery and skill in the face of darkness and adversity and have proven yourself worthy of the blessings of the goddess Hylia. Whether skyward bound, adrift in time, or steeped in the glowing embers of twilight, the sacred blade is forever bound to the soul of the hero. We pray for your protection and we hope that that the two of you will go stronger together as one. And then the not-so-obvious part, forged in the long-distant past, the sword that seals the darkness, Guardian of Hyrule, ancient steel, forever bound to the hero. In the name of the goddess Hylia, I bless you and your chosen hero. Over the seas of time and distance, when we needed the golden power of the goddess, our hopes rest in you to be forever by the hero's side. Again, we pray that the two of you will go stronger and be together as one. I like the God, three obvious references to Skyward Sword, Skyward Sword um, Ocarina of Time, and Twilight Princess. Um, it's I so see good. seas of time and distance, and you know, I think immediately Wind Waker. Yeah, that's and then what the I golden power of the goddess can either be a continuation of Wind Waker or you know, a link to the past where you have the full Triforce. So these are good references and acknowledgement 
of the previous games and that there is, you know, you know, not for timeline discussions because at the end of the day, it's all the timeline is a mess. It doesn't really matter except for like the obvious placements. But you know, to go, to go nitpicking into it should be, you know, it's it should be something you do for fun rather than rage about and you know, this thing must be canon. It's really good to see that acknowledgement. And that's really all I had to say for memory one. If there's anything else you guys wanted to say, I'm gonna make a point here, and then mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm it, this point goes for literally every single memory in this game. Mm-hmm. People shit on the soundtrack of this game. They think it has no music. It has no music intentionally. Uh, I think that there's a. This scene is so so beautiful because there. I've seen an alternate title for this scene called Subdued Ceremony. Uh-huh. Um, and ba- I mean, I just love how they use sound design in this because I mean, like literally the game's called Breath of the Wild. You are all sitting in the wild. Zelda is giving a speech and the only music is birds and water running. It's just, and it's, like- it's so good. And then the piano, the piano kicks in right at the end of the scene with a rendition of the main theme it's it's so solid like the sound design is like masterful in this and and that goes for almost every single uh cutscene in this game uh and i'm i'm saying it now because that is like my my number one point for this whole uh the whole cutscene story of this game mm-hmm. is that the sound design is absolutely impeccable at telling stories and getting you engaged emotionally with the characters. And going off of that, Breath of the Wild does have good music. It does. It doesn't have... There's just not a lot of would, it. You know, there's not, you know, for your pea brain attention span that you can only listen to a 30-second jingle mm-hmm. that you can play on an ocarina. But it has some amazing pieces that are all love letters to previous other games. It's sophisticated. Anyway, it's such a sophisticated soundtrack. Yeah, so if you don't like the soundtrack, you're a piece of dumb yeah. shit. But that's one of the things I always heard was it has no music, so it's it's, it's awful or something I never like got that. that. I always yeah, I always heard that for some reason. But this is like Inch, Wendy. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anything you want to say about this memory? For the first one. No. I yeah. Mm, I like how because when we were watching them yesterday. I was like, mm-hmm. damn, why the hell is Zelda so depressed? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that too. Okay, um, keep going. And you have to go through the motions of finding the other memories, and particularly the one with Urbosa puts into perspective the tension that Zelda has with Link and why she's literally like so upset as she's appointing him um cold-hearted and like you know like very short and like kind of rude to link right um and like not really not really cynical and emotionless because like you can hear that there's pain in her voice you just don't know why so it makes going through the journey of finding the other memories to understand what exactly the experience that Zelda has gone through was like all that more important and rewarding when you get all of them at the end. This is true. And then memory, memory number two for my note, I just have Rivali's an ass. That's really it. Yeah. It's a, yeah we, we discussed cute... these ones when we were covering the divine beasts, I think. 
We did. Doesn't and doesn't really matter it. without the DLC. It's a cute it's a cute standoffish moment. Like it's yeah, funny. He's being it's an asshole. Whatever. Some good comic relief. Like, oh, we can to show a true test of skill. We could fight atop of Ameno. Yeah. Ha, you have no oh wait. You can't fly, <laughs> shitter. And then that's it. And then, uh, memory three, is you know Zelda. This is before Link and Zelda have reached the point. You know the. The close bond they end up having. Uh, Zelda's just talking about how we need the divine beast, yada yada. And then the part that sticks out to me is she goes, you know, they say that uh, the there's a voice that sleeps inside the sword that seals the darkness. She's like, can you hear it yet, hero? And mm-hmm. while that's like a you know like a pretty good one liner, I think it's more interesting that Skyward Sword, which is the previous game released uh, before Breath of the Wild, but in terms of like the timeline, it is the beginning of the timeline, yet somehow the legend, myth, notion that there is Phi, or you know, that there is some consciousness in the Master Sword still exists, and that is really interesting. Especially how we see it later develop the plot. Memory number four is Lincoln Daruk on Rudunia or Dar- Rudania. I keep mixing up Darunia and Rudania. <laughs> as it you know, as it as it should be. Um Really, I don't really have much to say about that. I we love this one as well. It is good. Sound we again. About Dur- sound design. In Daruk's episode. Um, memory number five. This is where I have a note. You know, it's the Link and Zelda. Stop following me. I'm not an even as even as square. You know, I'm my oh, yeah. I'm my own person. I don't care what the king says. But it, the the thing that stuck out to me. I don't know if this is because Zelda was mad, but she is like. Hmm. It appears that the shrine can only be accessed by the chosen hero. And then Link comes and she gets mad, but it's like, did they not ever try Link holding the Sheikah slate and putting it on the shrine? Yeah. Oh, like, I guess I not. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's because when you when you wake up from the for the shrine of Resu- resurrection in the beginning of the day, and something we see that we don't nece- necessarily see here is that the Sheikah Slate at that point in the beginning game is registered to Link, which is not something that we explicitly know or not know, but we can assume not because it's in Zelda's possession for the most part in the 100 years before. So it's 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 curious as to who who registered. I guess it, I guess it must have been Zelda when she tells you like wake up you know go to the pedestal like when she gets when she gets her goddess power maybe even phi told her through the sword when the sword speaks to her there's something she knows that you know that that must be the key difference and like when does that happen like how does that happen how does that like what restricts them from zelda being in that cutscene hey link take this and unlock the yada yada would it just anyway, be her like stubbornness yeah, but it's not even, i guess even then it's not even it's not even that because we know there's a reconciliation later on Later on, yeah, but not like in that moment. No, but they must. There's more than one shrine that's above ground, at least. Um, this scene and the last scene featuring Zelda and Link, there was something that I kind of picked up on while rewatching the the memories, and it was mm-hmm. that for a lot of these early scenes with Zelda and Link, Zelda's kind of talking at Link. Mm-hmm. Not too. And good. he's a he's a very good person for that. You know, he's 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 very well suited to being talked at mm-hmm. well, um, because mean, he is quiet. I mean, he he can respond. We, he shows us throughout the game that he can respond. 
but he's just really good at taking that kind of thing on for Zelda. I mean, besides the like, you know, being the silent hero, he's also, you know, Link is also incredibly smart. The Sheikah Slate is written in the second person, but in the Japanese, it's written in the first person. Link is the one that's recording all these notes. He's very, he's very observational. He's a good listener. He's very good at taking in and internalizing information. And knowing so when he needs to speak. I think yeah. is another thing. Uh, at least at least, you know, once he wakes up and he's able to express himself differently. Yeah. But at least a hundred years ago, you know, he's being talked at, but we he's he's definitely listening. Yeah. And then this is more her is... talking to Rome than anything. Anyway, keep going. Uh Memory six is Zelda and Urbosa. The one that Angie were talking about with Link, where mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just exposition, but it's Urbosa telling Link that, you know, every time she sees you, she sees, her, you know, someone, she sees that you have fulfilled your destiny while she still lacks. And she just sees her inferiority and in that she is a failure. That is what she thinks of you every time she sees you. And, you know, it's not your fault, but it's definitely, it's definitely weighing her down. And then Memory 7, I will go crazy. We talked about this in the Urbosa episode. Blades of the Giga, that's all I say. <laughs> You know, you know what happens. I know what happens. Memory eight. This is, you know, a Blades of the Ego is the turning point for Link and Zelda. Um, this is where they're near Death Mountain, and the frequency of monster attacks have been alarming. And Zelda thinks this portends the return of Calamity Ganon. But the more important thing is Link single-handedly, with just a sword, no shield, no bow and arrow, takes on three silver Lionels, two blue, two blue bow goblins. One black bow goblin and fifteen red bow goblins. That is ridiculous. That's how you know Link is like, like when I say when we were talking about uh, how did Rivali lose to Windblight, you know Windblight Ganon. Memory eight tells you Link is the most special boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And then although there's 10, a very good wait, there's a very good line in this that I wanted to mention. Is it uh, when Zelda used the word portends because I was like no no. It's SAT word. No, it, there's a very good line that's kind of a nice, uh, a nice piece of advice for this whole game, mm-hmm. and that is, there's a fine line between courage and recklessness. As brave as you are, that doesn't make you immortal. <laughs> Look, I've, I I never saw that line. I still can't see it. Um, I love. I forget that all line. the time. I love that line because that's literally like. Every piece of growth that you have in this game needs to be put with that. <laughs> Literally, you know what? There's so many times I've forgotten that line. I still can't see it. If I'm being honest, it's such I, a good know, line. I'm, I'm working on it. Anyway, memory number nine called Silent Princess. I like to call oh. it Frog Girl. I like to call it Frog GF. That's really <laughs> the most important thing that happens. Um, <laughs> Memory 10 is a Mifa healing link. Wait, wait, you're just going to gloss over that? Yes. <laughs> no. What? Frog girlfriend. That's Z- the most important No, Zelda says a great line in this one. Zelda's <gasps> holding the, the silent princess and goes, the princess can only thrive out here in the wild. All that we can hope is that the species will be strong enough to prosper on its own. She's talking about herself. But she doesn't know it, yes. But she doesn't yes, know. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, yes. Frog girlfriend, I agree. God! 
<laughs> anyway, memory 10, Mifa Healing Link, Anavaruta, at sunset. Hmm, what does that sound like? Something Dylan forgot to look into. The uh, Mifa's diary, the last thing she wrote, she's like, all right, at sunset, Varuta, I'm going to propose. She didn't propose. She didn't do it. But she was like, she, well, one thing she does say when you know Dylan talks about foreshadowing her own doom, she's like, you know, Calamity Ganon, what can we really do? And you know what? She fucking dies. She right. She's she so absolutely and utterly dies, and it is so painful. This memory. Okay. And so she hasn't I know... proposed because she hopes she hopes that if they beat, you can so clearly tell once you get that context that she wanted to propose. She got scared, and she goes, "Maybe it can be like old times. We can spend some more time together." She never got to propose. So I took notes on Mifa, and I I, mm-hmm. I liked this especially, uh, even though I did it after. But uh, it's a really great piece of characterization to have her turn the line of if anybody tries to harm you and the first time you see it and even the second time you're like, you expect her to be like, I'll kill him or something like that. But she just goes, I'll heal you. No matter how bad it is, I will fix it. That's such a good way of like Mifa showing Mifa's kind of loyalty, I guess. It's a good characterization and also like a good little joke of the Mifa's Grace mechanic. Yeah, and, and like, it makes like, Mifa's Grace like so while, much more meaningful as a mechanic. Like while 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 she dies, she does fulfill that promise of always she does. willing to heal your wounds. Yeah. I love it. It's great. It's some good it's good parallelism to memory eight where Zelda is looking at Link's wound and kinda like mm. you know, there's a fine line between courage and recklessness and you know she can kind of like patch it up and then memory 10 where uh, Mifa directly just heals Link. You know, that what we can assume to possibly be that same wound he sustained in memory 8. It's a yeah. good parallelism between the princesses because we know that the girl, I was, I say girl instead of woman because they're young, you know, Mifa, Zelda, and Riju all have some sort of like parallelism as like the key figures, sort of regents of their respective regions. So it's nice to see the back and forth. Memory number 11. Damn, we're really doing lightning round. I mean, you, you, you got to watch them and it's just like, it's yeah, up to you. Yeah, you. Do, you do. So I can, I, I mean, that's the thing. I can only ever say so much about these. Um, memory true. 11 starts off. It's a, it's a, you know, wet t-shirt, hot link training montage. <laughs> and then that I can Zelda, make. And then Zelda in a way projects her insecurities of not wanting to be the enlightened princess, the divine princess that seals the the calamity Ganon, but she wants to be a scholar. She wants to do what she wants. And she doesn't project her insecurities in a way that like is burning to Link. She projects them in a way where she's like, you know, your path seems to mirror your father's. And so then we get some cool info. Oh my god, Link's Link has family. Link has a dad. That's so sick. Because you know, you get so starved from Link being this blank slate. This, you know, Link at the end of the day, Link really gets the short end of the stick. He's he always gets like, you know, he Link needs more love, whether that comes in romance, familial love, like you know, just give it to him. This this poor kid in most iterate in most iterations, Link, this poor kid just gives he deserves it. He worked hard. But the way Zelda pro- pro- projects her insecurity and her uh, fears in the way of like she's like Link, your 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 path mirrors your father's your you know, you're besting grown man at the age of four. But what if one day you just didn't want to do it anymore? Like, 
like what would you do how would you feel and then kind of stops and i guess maybe he you know that's indicative that's his body language telling us that hmm he never really thought of that before and you know he turns and faces her and then the memory fades but it it leaves you know we can infer like hmm, they they must have had a interesting conversation afterwards or none i think no conversation is better at least if no conversation link is definitely thinking about it about those words yeah exactly because that's the whole point i mean at this point zelda's the only person link talks to he's zelda's the only person that link has opened himself up to holy he has showed his heart to zelda you know as per her um diary and you know that is that's the only place where link has expressed himself and and even then we see we get to see like we get to see almost the answers to that question in link in that after the you know once he wakes up as an amnesiac his personality is completely different he's so expressive he's so sassy he's kind of rude he has a lot of one-liners he's very cheerful very he's just so full of character that is through the dialogue and a lot of people think he's a blank slate because he doesn't speak it's like hey you know i don't want to be rude but learn how to read (laughs) memory 12 um this is all you really need to know is Rome gaslight Zelda again. That is really the yeah, gist of it. Yeah. There's not much more to say. God damn it. It's also yeah. shot. It's it's also a very well shot scene to show that. They yes. show Rome only looking up at him. They never show you just him flat on or looking down at him. It's, it's always a weird shot up. and you're supposed to yeah. yeah, there's a weird shot when they first introduce him. You're supposed to be looking at his belt in the Triforce, but he yeah. has like such a big crotch bulge that it's like <laughs> I just made, just made me uncomfortable. memory 13 it's the one where you were in your room alone while your mom was downstairs making dinner and afterwards you were like silent going oh damn who's cutting onions zelda praying at the spring of power and she goes through the motions and then she starts sort of um stream of conscious speaking her mind like i've done all the training you know goddesses please throw me a bone like what i've I've done this what i can do what am i missing what am i doing wrong what is wrong with me and then you know she starts speaking she starts speaking yeah that's that was the real oh that's when i was like oh that's like hold on let me go for a walk (laughs) i gotta take a break i I gotta put this this game for kids down and then you know she makes a jab at her dad saying like you know he says i'm just wasting my time with with the being being playing being a scholar like you know curse you and, mm-hmm. and you know now that you've done this and you you have the hindsight and you know the missing piece was you know she needed love you know whether it was love of herself love for someone else that we see when she wants to protect link and when you say and when she says what is wrong with me it is so clear that how rome is treating her what she's missing is love mm-hmm. oh quick back to memory mm-hmm. 12 but i think we've discussed it before we can clearly tell that when rome gaslights zelda about having the ceiling power that when they say that is passed down matrilineally, that information is so safeguarded that that the queens and the in the Zeldas don't even tell the kings because it's very clear that Rome has no idea how the ceiling power works. Mm-hmm. Which he is also literally that, lies that whole scene. He's like, people I mean, talk shit about you. How would you know? You never leave. That's true. That's true. But it's <laughs> but I but I, more importantly, it's like the. Killing Zelda's mom, whether it was the Yiga clan, the fortune teller, 
was so singularly important. That's what brings down, that is that is the cause of the fall of Hyrule. That is how powerful the the matriarch in in at least this this specific world of the Legend of Zelda is. That mm-hmm. secret of the sealing power passed down from generations. They say that Zelda's grandma could hear voices in the spirit realm. That is or in the sacred realm. We could read we see how powerful the different Zeldas can be in different games if you play different games. And if you haven't, you know, we'll talk about it in subsequent episodes. But at this point, at least in this Breath of the Wild world, the the matriarch, I, you know, before King Rome was the sole regent, it was probably the queen who was in charge. The amount of power in that knowledge is so powerful. is is ridiculous how, how cutting that line off caused mm. literally the entire demise of, of a civilization yeah i also i also really love that as zelda is talking about i mean for all intents and purposes the zeldas of the past pretty much mm-hmm. like the people that came before her in this role that she's been given zelda's lullaby is playing like very softly i love that yeah that's oh oh that's sh- chef's kiss P- perfect Memory 14, you know, the one where Zelda's grandma could hear the voices in the spirit realm, aka the sacred realm. They're at that horse park that looks out across Hyrule in that, um, oh no, sorry, this is memory uh, 15. I've been trying to be empathetic. Memory 14. This is cool for a lot of reasons. We see that Zelda's grandma could hear the voices in the spirit realm. You know, she can't go to the spring of wisdom until she's 17, which, you know, I'll say further on. But the first and biggest thing for me is the first. Dylan, do you, did you by any chance write down the first thing Zelda says? Um, it's Is it about the, to. no, is it about the, the actual, uh, the, the, the royal gear on the horse? Yeah. She's like tame. You got to tame and soothe the horse. And then it will know that it bonds with you. Yada, yada. Right. Yeah. She, if you look, if you look at the dialogue, if you look at the subtitles, it's in quotes. She is, it's di- and you know, quoting this Link. is dumb, but she's yeah, she's directly quoting. Yeah. Link. this is Link's words, Link's own thoughts, and it's so nice to see that expression of personality. That Link, hmm. Link is a softy horse girl, in like the best way. <laughs> like this is this is some good emotion for such a stoic male heroic character that we get to see at least a glimpse give us a chroma coochie nintendo that's what we're getting through here it's really nice to see some direct dialogue and then it's it's i think i talked about this with Ange yesterday and i had it you know it it just never really came into my mind the way it did before but when zelda's like it you know only only at the age of 17 can one go to the spring of wisdom and we were talking about like hmm I wonder if this is a reference or not to Ocarina of Time and the mm-hmm. seven years Link spends in the Sacred Realm, you know, not being old enough to wield the Master Sword, which, you know, we'll get into why or why not when we talk about Ocarina of Time, but... Or even the, the shield. Because you have to use it, like, you can't even use it when you're a kid. Yeah, but that... But that... I guess makes more sense because you know the shield's just big mm-hmm. Link is a small child but the master sword we see other younger kid links wield the master sword but that that would be have to say that for ocarina that's an ocarina discussion to have yes. anyway 
but I wonder if that's seven, you know, 17, because it is, you know, very commonly agreed upon that Link in Young Link in Ocarina of Time is 10, seven years. He is about 17 or 18. The number 17 has really stuck around. So I wonder if, you know, that's a reference because we know that Ocarina of Time exists in this in this world. And if that in some way, you know, the myth gets retold so much so often that that becomes a tradition in a in a in a rule in some in some in some way. So that's memory fifteen. What's memory sixteen? Oh, calamity Ganon returns. This is oh. after they went to the Spring of Wisdom, and you can see here that the champions don't have their weapons before they go to before they go to you know when Duke's like champions. Do you respect the divine beasts? But more importantly. When we were talking, remember Dylan, I just mentioned the parallelism between the princesses or the or that role that we see through Riju Mifa and Zelda. Yeah. Before directly before Calamity Ganon returns, this is where we see again another parallelism: the difference between Mifa and Zelda as like princesses of destiny, children of fate that have roles to fill. Mifa knows the secret of the sealing power. Not necessarily the sealing power, but in her own respective way. Because what she's about to tell Zelda is that, you know, when I heal, she sees Link. You know, she's like, I think about the ones I'm healing. I think about the ones I love. And and as cliche as it is, it's... Oh, I didn't you know, even that notice love, that. That love is the, is the key thing. It's cool to see I that. I didn't even notice we, that. <laughs> it's cool to see that when That's we compare great. the roles of Mifa and Zelda. Mifa has that part. You know, she's not Zelda, but she has that part. She knows that love is the driving force of her abilities and power. Because, you know, it, it cuts to Link before she's about to say that. And right as, about, right as she's about to say that, Calamity Ganon wakes up. So it's um, it's good. It's really good. It's good. Uh, memory 17, I just wrote sad smiley face. Zelda <laughs> cries into Link's arms, and he holds her a little bit tighter, and it just sucks. It's sad fuck i really am just a <laughs> failure i tried and i failed them all i left them all god. to die oh god oh you can't you can't beat that there's so much <laughs> weight in the way she throws herself at him that's not yeah. seen in this game this game does so good with that kind of like physical weight behind movements when they need to be heavy yeah you know you know it's really it's one and thing to animate oh it's one thing to animate like a fight scene, but animating like the limpness and like that the lit, emotions yeah, and body that dead weight. Oh when, my when god! When you get it good, it's 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 it's, it's so like like I said, these are such dense dense cutscenes. They have so much mm -hmm. going on besides the the actual contents of them. And then up next, we have memory number hidden. You know, once you get all thirteen memories, you go to Impa and she tells you go to Blatchery plane and it's almost awakening and you know we don't we don't really need to talk super much about it. it's very clear as far as the memories go you know it's not super layered but it's nice the last thing link sees before he succumbs to his wounds and dies is zelda awakening to her power you know it happens really quickly but if you slow it down you see link is still resting on the master sword prop himself and he can see zelda's awakening as it happens he witnesses the whole thing and then he dies it's pretty crazy and then, so you know there was something that happened in this scene also and i don't i wasn't paying about attention. five no mm -hmm. i wasn't paying attention 
but like it actually it might be fine i haven't played like uh i haven't played skyward sword the so sword like glowing like the sound yeah the sword glows yeah that's fine yeah okay that's the so sound fine that that's like the first time that i saw it in these cutscenes. Mm-hmm. so presumably it's the first time that's happened and that um, kind of hints at yeah i think that these all these cutscenes, zelda's actually the protagonist the story oh, yeah. at this I mean, point is moving from Zelda to Link being the protagonist. I mean, like Link, everything that happens in the modern day or, or after I mean, the hundred years. I mean, Link is the protagonist of the game, but the game we play is the third act. You know, it's the final act of Zelda's of a story. story. Yeah, I think yeah. it's always. It's, I think it's very clear that it's always been Zelda's story. But in terms of the game, Link is the the game's protagonist, but it's very clearly Zelda's story. Yeah, he's the protagonist of Act Three. That's a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. And then you know the Sheikah come, and you know that's one of one of those Sheikah is Cass's uh, Cass's mentor. And then, oh, memory eighteen, and it's cool. We we go from the hidden memory to see Phi is back to a certain extent that the consciousness, the life that's the life that's in the Master Sword is still there. You know, it's Phi that saves Link. That is the the soul of the hero is bound to the sword and you know vice versa the sword is bound to the hero they they are together as one two spirits together as one and phi does her part she pulls through and it's so nice because the end of skyward sword when phi says may we meet again in another lifetime and not only does she come back and help master link in a way where she did it before she directly saves link's life Mm. and then memory 18 which is which is really beautiful because we just see zelda the master sword in the deku tree and you know these are called Link's memories, but this is the Master Sword's memory. It's not Zelda's memory; it's the Master Sword's memory. And it's Zelda saying that your master will return for you. I am sure of it. And then she wants to tell the Deku Tree. She goes, "Can you please tell Link?" And the Deku Tree cuts her off and says, "I think those things will best to be heard in your voice or you know your words." And she places. The master sword you know reverse parallelism of link she places it to rest so that it heals and that link may once again rise to come retrieve you know an extent the master sword really being the extension of himself and that's that's it that's all the memories at least i have and everyone exhale yeah, everyone take everyone take a little. Everyone breath take through. a good, nice breath. <laughs> that was a race episode. through a very emotional story. <laughs> I think I don't. I just tend to talk fast. I didn't mean to race, but no, no, because no, we never would have gotten through it. Yeah. Well, I mean, but that's the thing, though. Like, I, these memories aren't like I can't. It's not meant to be for me to tell you like every second. It's you just just watch. Them. You have to go watch them. Go you know, these are my little. These are my little inference. These are my forty-seven minutes from then. Go watch. Just watch. Yeah, just watch. Um, So one thing about the memories, really quick Mm -hmm. though, in general, is I noticed that there was this. I have never played another Zelda game besides Link to the Past to completion. Mm -hmm. Uh, I beat Link to the Past in the gaps between this podcast. This is true. There is with the with the the Master Sword last last cutscene in the in the memories hmm. i i had this amazing sense of like sacred space oh um in in the mm-hmm. lost woods and it 
like the like almost like a historicity of this place and it was something that only a series that has gone on this long and had this many iterations of the same place could do and they really used that that essence that you get to to amplify everything going on in that last scene well let's let's think about it like this you know the Deku Tree has been there since time immemorial to watch over Hyrule and the Master yeah, Sword. Yeah, exactly. 10,000 years is more, it could more or less be the time immemorial because yeah. the Deku Tree was planted as commemoration of the placement of the Master Sword there. And look, there's all these li- little hidden love letters to the Zelda franchise in this game where the first time we ever see the Master Sword, it's in the Lost Woods. There's no Deku Tree, but it's in the Lost Woods. And that's in Dylan, A Link to the Past. Maybe you know you weren't you weren't aware at the time, and now you see it now. You're like, oh, look at this. There's so yeah. many circular closing and endings here. Yeah, and it's <laughs> oh, it's so and good. It, it should it should if you've played a link to the past, if you have that nostalgia, at least it should immediately take you back there to that site. And it's, yeah, and, and you it's, should have it's memory nice. of that by being in that place in this game. It's it, oh, it's so good. And it's and it's even better too because when you say sacred space. There are monsters in the Lost Forest, but they are natural monsters. They're not Ganon's beasts. This is the only place in Hyrule where there's where there's you're safe from monsters. Yeah, that too. You have natural predators. It's nature. It's it's nature, and you know nature is, um, you know, is neutral in its in its uh in how it treats you. It's neither kind to you nor, you know, malicious. It's just nature and how it interacts. Like this is the only only place where you're safe and then that you know the lost woods and then you get to the korok forest you have the koroks who who are wholesome they love they love the hero you know the deku tree it's just it's a good sacred space yeah there's i think you know we 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 everybody in this mentions kind of often that the the ten thousand years ago and the hundred years ago are just they're sort of vague mentions to mm-hmm. kind of long time and very long time ago mm-hmm. and this is something that's not really in western thought mm-hmm. like we like we like specific dates and stuff like i want to know how long ago the first canon came and yada 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 but it's not it's not what this game wants to do and it doesn't conceive of its world in that way and it forces you to think in terms of space and events rather than the temporality of those events and what time they took place in. And, and you and become very well attuned to the areas that you occupy. And I think that's and, so awesome. And that's not just the game, that's Zelda as a whole. The, exactly. the timeline doesn't the timeline doesn't matter. It's the events. It's the, exactly. ha- it's the happening. Yeah. It's it's the link defeating Ganondorf in Ocarina of Time. It is it is it is the Zelda flooding one, of the, the world it's yeah it's it's, 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 it's all the events. events more so than their times and where they fall in the timeline that's ridiculous Focus, like no you know, like nobody knows when the events took place but there's no doubt that they all took place if you're one of those people that sees the zelda series as an anthology series you know your congratulations you you you're going about the interpretation of the lore probably the best way least stressful way possible <laughs> for you time for you timeline theorist it's fun but don't don't you're kill yourself screwed. you're yeah you're getting those great i feel years. bad don't, for you especially with age of calamity don't 
<laughs> take it easy. Take it Multiverse. Easy. Yeah. But the, the time travels like almost in every Zelda game. It's anyway, that's time for another that's that's for another another time. Not but right. we're done. Ooh. We finished the chain, it's bound the memories. The last thing we have less left oh. is our is our climax of this story. It is uh, Hyrule Castle and finally freeing Zelda and taking on the beast. Whoa. But before the we fi- go, but before final. that before that we have one email from Zelda Nerd and Zelda Nerd says been binging been binge listening for the past two months. I have a question for you though. What do you think the origins of the Hylian Shield are? Hmm. Anyways, great work. Keep it up. Also, Dylan was right about the origins of Korok seeds. You're damn right I was. Dylan, how do you feel about this? <laughs> You're damn this is, this is, right I was. This is this is the most complete and utter and absolute validation you've probably ever had in your life. It's not, oh, I really like Dylan. It's Dylan was right about the origins. Or the I'd origins rather you think seeds. I was right than like me. That, wow. is, that is huge for you. You're damn right. I got my feet kicked up on my desk right now. <laughs> I'm chilling. You're damn but, uh, right. Let's talk Thank about you, it. What Zelda do you think Nerd. the origins that, that of the name? Highland Shield are? Zelda Nerd, yeah. Thank you, Zelda Nerd. Real <laughs> recognize real. <laughs> God, man. But the origins of the Highland Shield, um, you have the Highland Shield's literal origins in um, Skyward Sword. You know, the red bird is supposed to represent Link's uh, crimson loft wing. And, you know, you just have the emblem of the Triforce. It's a bit obvious. Um, but the first time we see it is Ocarina of Time. Like, actually. And in Ocarina of Time, how it works, it's just something you can buy. It's not special. It's just the generic. It's just the generic shield in a way where Link is just the generic boy who becomes the hero. You know, it, it's a... You can look at it that way, and at least in Breath of the Wild, where you find the Hylian shield. Um, I mean, we'll talk about it in the next episode, but I can talk about that origin specifically if that's what you want. But otherwise, the the technically official origins is in is in um, Skyward Sword, and those are the references. And you know that's a good way for how they rectified that. But it's been the Hylian shield has been around since nineteen ninety eight. And I'm trying to think of within that world, what could the origins be like well, in terms the, of the design? You could read the, the description to start in terms of like what it, where it comes from in Breath of the Wild. Well, I mean, in terms of Breath of the Wild, but, that, but since, that's, since you get it in Hyrule Castle, I'd rather wait to talk about the origins in Breath of the Wild, at least then. Okay. But in terms of like now... You know, you have the in-lore, which is Skyward Sword, then you have the you know in you know us as players playing a game 1998 ocarina of time and i just i mean we can talk about the silver you know the metal the steel you know it's just the steel of the shield you have um you know the yellow of the triforce and you know what what complements this color you have your your primary colors red yellow blue in those they and they fit together and you see that in the Hylian shield the red bird i can't think of other anything so specific other than just um the loft wing right i mean i mean i'm thinking about like in terms of 1998 not like in the lore like in, oh like in where did they the, where did they just get the design from 
Yeah, I'm I'm trying to cover like all the origins. You know, you God, have, that's I said like the maybe the, in, the, the owl. Lore, the There's an owl origins. in Aquaman. Yeah, maybe. I don't, maybe I don't it's know. Kapoor, maybe it's Kapoor Gabor. Maybe it's you know you fight the the bird you fight in Hera's tower in Link's Awakening, and then at Telltale Heights, and I mean Telltale Heights in Link's Awakening, and Hera's tower in Link to the Past. If we're but being honest t- with ourselves, it's probably because the bird looked cool, and then they made it a story mechanic. <laughs> that I mean, that's that is what happened. If we're being honest with ourselves, yeah. But that's no fun. But next episode, I'll definitely talk about its origins and significance in Breath of the Wild. Okay. Thank you, Zelda nerd. Yeah, thank you, Zelda nerd. We love you. We love you. But that's it. We're keep, done. Keep watching. We really appreciate it. Keep listening with your eyes, and and watch with your heart. Yes. That's it. We're done. Any any closing? Ange, oh. Wendy, Dylan. That was a marathon. I'm sleepy. It was. I'm uh, feeling yeah, pretty I'm good. Sleepy. I still have work to do. Me too. This was good. This is a good one. Good one. You guys ready to say goodbye? Oh wait. Well, rem- yeah. We're still remind everybody in the email. Remind everybody the oh, email. Oh yeah. See, go so one. They can send their um, own questions in. Follow us on Instagram at neighbors wisdom podcast follow us on twitter at neighbors wisdom pod um if you want more adjacent zelda content you can follow me at twitch.tv slash tippy town and youtube of the same name i think those links are in our anchor description and possibly in the episode description and if you have any questions comments points of discussion cool pictures of your cat you can send us to send it to us at <laughs> neighbors wisdom podcast at gmail.com again everyone thank you for listening this has been real it's been fun and it's been real fun and we will see you in the next episode all right guys everyone say bye at the same bye. time oh fuck i didn't get to... okay whatever bye <laughs>